Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I watched Guest House Paradiso the other day. It's a, it's a, it's a, a shame, though, because obviously the quality of, the, the, of Netflix, the Guest House Paradiso on Netflix is actually like 480p. What? It's, a, it's a low quality, like a video video recording of it. So everything looks it, it looks like a video. It's really weird. So it's like watching it when I used to watch it on a VHS. Yeah, that's actually it's quite insane. nostalgic. Yeah, I was going to say that's it's uh... ridiculously stupid as a film. It's like, it's so good from start to finish. There's not a bad yeah. bit in it. It's brilliant. It's so stupid. It's, it's perfect bottom though, isn't it? It doesn't. I'd say it. I mean, obviously you up the ante for the film. It, yeah. So much like more slapstick and stupid than than the series absolutely man absolutely yeah. i think they i think it's um the I bit at the end with the vomit is <laughs> when they, like... the, the, the temple of doom <laughs> the temple of doom bit yeah <laughs> yeah when he holds in his jowls the, the italian it. I, guy i just I want think... to fuck <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Not Another Conspiracy Podcast with Mr. Dean Salter in Michigan. Greetings. And Mr. JJ Jackson in the socialist York with his uh, Jeremy (laughs) Corbyn hat on. Is that official Jeremy Corbyn merch or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, got swash stickers uh, in the lineup. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're five. We're like ten seconds in. We're ten <laughs> seconds in. He's just swastika. <laughs> so right, JJ's a tattooist, so he's bringing back the swastika. Positive. Yeah, like all the hipsters. Oh man. Oh man. And Ugh. yes, and all the way in sunny, sunny Southend, we have Howdy. our main host Ben 
the, the Don Mills. How you doing, boy? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm enjoying tier two. We're, tier two. We're fine, we're CC in the background there too. Yeah, my. Our research is... editor. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's, uh... <laughs> she's making sure it's all legit. <laughs> yeah. she's got a... I've got to keep a little bit quiet as it's early yeah. here in Michigan, and uh, I have an air vent right above my studio in the basement here that leads all the way. That's into what that noise is. Yes, that uh, leads air into everybody's bedroom. Oh, so that's such an American use... thing, isn't it? The air vent. It is. In yeah. a crawl space. <laughs> Where the bodies it's are kept, obviously. In the cross. Do you have a laundry shoe? No, we don't, unfortunately. Oh, no. Damn. But what damn. yeah, I know, wasted opportunity. Yeah, yeah. You could just remove the air this year. <laughs> <laughs> just put a slide throughout the whole entire yeah, house. Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> I would. If I could afford yeah, it. Yeah, if I'm a little bit quiet, I do apologize, but until I hear someone moving around upstairs, that's when I'll start bellowing. Oh. Bellowing and okay. laughing. I don't think you'll be able to contain your belly laughter. <laughs> Hey, so um, <laughs> today we are going to touch on probably the the conspiracy closest to my heart. I'd say, it's I'd say it's one of the first that I think we in general probably ever came across. Really, yeah. to be honest, because it's so as you said, Ben, before we went live, it was so close to home. Yeah, because we're a bunch of grunges. Yeah, <laughs> grunges with chains, <laughs> chains from our belts on our back chains pocket. from our belts. Uh, studded belts. That's it. Uh, little hanging, jeans. little hanging belt, ripped jeans. You know, little badges. I, with never mind. Look at that. That's it. All oh, over. Yeah. Really, that is a really torn. To that's pieces. from my recent purchase from Pizza Eaters. Was it Pizza yeah. Eaters? Pizza, the pizza one? Eaters. No, it's Bloody Altar. Bloody. Oh. no, Pizza Eaters have a. Oh, you got the actual Nirvana one. Pizza yeah. Eaters did a like a Nirvana. Oh, okay, no, I got like it. replication. And I've, um, I've got my own little Kurt Cobain pop vinyl. You know, everything. And I've got a stripy jumper, stripy jumper on. We, there we go. It was, it was we all about stripy jumpers. Love Nirvana. No, yep, Nirvana. First, first things first, before we go any further, um, favourite song? <laughs> um, I don't know, on a, on a plane, because I heard it yesterday and it's so good, um, but I don't know, there's so many. Radio-friendly unit shifter for me. Great, yeah. Or yes, Tourette's. I'd have to sell Tourette's is pretty good. What's, what's that, Ben? Tourette's or, um, yeah, Tourette's is pretty good. Um, I don't know. There's just loads. Yeah, there, there are loads, but I must have, I think radio-friendly unit shifter for me that just because it's just so dirty. It just I, sounds so horrid. I love so, it. That's so, yeah, as you've guessed probably from us talking about Nirvana, we're going to be talking about how this, the drummer from Nirvana and the singer from Foo Fighters look exactly the same. I know. <laughs> What's all that about? So that's the, have... today's conspiracy is... Are they the same person? It's like Will Ferrell <laughs> and the drummer of the Chili Peppers. Are they the same person? There is a musical conspiracy going on. Yeah. <laughs> so not really, of course. We are we are yanking your wallet chain. Uh, <laughs> I actually used to wear a wallet chain so probably up until I did too. Late, yeah. probably early this year. Oh, really? And then oh. When, when you get a bit older, you upgrade it to a leather chain. <laughs> A, br a braided leather chin. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the same, but it's just braided leather. So it makes it less secure. So oh, you can literally so just, just get a pair it. of scissors and cut through it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're talking about the murder slash suicide of... Or Kirk hit. Cobain. Murder slash suicide or hit, hit in or general, hit I guess, of, of Kurt Cobain. Cobain. Mm. Yeah. So, and if, you, if listeners at home... Don't know who Kurt Cobain is. He was the uh, probably the last, I'd say the last real rock star. 
He's yeah. every member of Hanson. He's every <laughs> member of Hanson. What now. I've noticed, what I've been <laughs> noticing as well, like when I've just been browsing through um, like the trending pages of, say, like Instagram, is it me or is there just this resurgence of like, I guess the next generation of kids that are, I guess, born in the early 2000s that are discovering Nirvana and Kurt. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite wholesome to be perfectly honest, because obviously we've been, we've been all through that. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, we're alternatives. We, were, we definitely weren't the first. Obviously, we were like ten, probably when he died, but yes, nine yeah. when he died. So, but I knew, I knew of Nirvana because my dad was a fan, mm. and so I, I knew the songs and like um, Unplugged in New York was definitely like the album that. Were the first one of the first albums I actually was aware Experienced. of who it, who it was and mm. who was singing, and then he died. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, uh, and then <laughs> then I got like from from the age ten to <clears throat> ten to fourteen, just Nirvana. That's all I cared about was Nirvana. And I think, yeah, I was I was um, I think it'd be nice if we talk about our first experiences, at least when it comes to experiencing Nirvana or Kurt Cobain. I believe my first experience was I was probably around 12 or 13 when one of my cousins, uh, my one, he was a second, he's a cousin, second cousin or something like that. Yeah. My nan um, gave me a tape uh, because he, he was in a band and he was heavily influenced by Nirvana. And he, he had given uh, my great aunt a tape or two tapes that to then give to my nan to give to me. One of them was their band's demo on a, on, on a cassette. And the other one was the um, uh, In Utera album. So, and it comes down to radio-friendly unit shifter being my favorite track is because that was one of the first experiences that I had with Nirvana. Just putting that on immediately and just, I was only, I think I was about 12 or 13. And I was only just getting into the fact of realizing or growing into the fact of realizing what music I really enjoyed. My brother was big into like hip hop and stuff like that. So I was listening to like Beastie Boys, LL Cool J and, and, and whatnot. But then I got an experience of that and I was like, this is what I enjoy. And then that led me going yeah. down like punk rock and stuff like that. Immediately after I was listening to the Offspring Smash album, yeah. because I think I think after Kurt had died, it was the Offspring that were being tipped as at yeah, least the next well, the it, next big the thing Osprey, the offspring were the 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 next big thing they were and mm. then green day obviously just jumped above Com them and became completely yeah, yeah, yeah and became the biggest band in the world mm. um that was my first experience really yeah. with nirvana and i have a big thanks thank uh thank you to them because that that it was it was that mm. in utero cassette tape that led me down the path of me being a fan of alternative music yeah i mean I, I, you, I think I, I think i was like don't think I was that aware of Nirvana, if I'm honest. I think it was like, it was more of a, I think my first album was Dookie by Green Day. My first CD was Dookie. Yeah. So mm. like tape wise, obviously it was like Michael Jackson and shit like that. But <laughs> I remember my first CD being Dookie. Yeah. And I think I just bought it because I, oh, I got my mum to buy me it because I liked the artwork on the front. I don't think I'd ever heard of Green Day. Like yeah. it was just one of them things. I was like, oh, it looks, and I even remember get, my mum getting me it. We were shopping in Asda. And I just remember being like, I yeah, love that, that, stuff. That, look, that looks cool as fuck. So yeah, I was just like, yeah. but then I think Nirvana for me was more of a, a backtracking thing. So what you just said about it being Offspring and then Green, Green Day, Day yeah. I think yeah. I was like Green Day and then I'd heard of Offspring and I remember like, I remember not liking Offspring. I remember like despising them <laughs> just for some reason, just hating everything about how they look. 
And yeah, I was they like, don't, they never look good. Everything, <laughs> everything that we were as like grievers and goths were told that we shouldn't do. I was like, I hate that guy with braids. I hate oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh, I, it just and they so were, greasy. they were just like that kind of, they were tipped as punk rock or whatever, but they were like trying to be grunge and then they just kind of fell into punk. That's how I felt about yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I just, I just yeah. remember just like going back into Nirvana rather than, being aware of them around. And I just, I think one of the main reasons why was when I was growing up, I was like skateboarding and stuff. I was always into like punk music more than anything else. And I just remember seeing that t-shirt that much that I was like, I'm not going to like them because everyone likes them. And I was just like, you know, try and avoid them as much as possible. But for me, it was like everyone at my school was wearing Guns N' Roses, Nirvana, Marilyn Manson t-shirts. Even though Marilyn Manson was no like one my still school had any of those t-shirts. I was yeah, the only they, one like, in my it, I think it was probably about my year eight, year nine, where everyone saw. I mean, I'm 34 now, so I mean, it, this this puts yeah. such a smile on my face. I'm just remembering <laughs> everything. Like for instance, I think um, I think you, JJ was talking about obviously like the fashion icons and stuff like that, and obviously the acid smiley or like the the, the Nirvana Nevermind yeah. smiley or. I, well, it's just the Nirvana smiley. Like, that's like a cultural, like... Well, how just, in- <laughs> just like just before we go too far into this, and sorry to interrupt, Dean, but no, my, go, miss, go. my missus was in bed the other night and she was uh, she follows like loads of vintage clothing websites mm. and she follows this vintage clothing person from like local to me on uh, Instagram. And anyway, she went, oh, I really want this T-shirt. And it was that T-shirt. And it was put up as what? retro, and it's sad now that we can call our youth retro. Apparently, oh, it's twenty years or yeah. something. Um, do you know how much the T-shirt was going for? Eighty quid. I bet it was that twelve hundred pounds. Bullshit! What? An, I've got an, one. An, an original Nirvana, an original print, not even a tour T-shirt. Twelve hundred quid, and it had sold in two days. Oh, I'm gonna go through my t-shirts. I'll find out. Mind. She's she's on her way back now. Um, she, I'll find out what the company is. And yeah, it was twelve. And whether it's twelve hundred pounds or twelve hundred dollars, not that it makes much difference. So many t-shirts like that to charity shops. Yeah, exactly. So did I. And I I, told, I said to I her, I was like, you kidding? I had the um, what's the offspring uh, offspring album where the kids swinging on the swing? Americana. Yeah, Americana. Yeah. Right, the I had a jumper of that. I hated Offspring, but my missus gave me this at the time. Gave me this uh, hoodie, and it was from the to- one of the tours I did in England. And I was just like, I love this hoodie. I hate the band, but I love the hoodie. <laughs> I if if I'd have kept hold of that now, I think the hoodies and stuff like Marilyn Manson t-shirts going for like two thousand dollars. Could you imagine oh, the right. Apple? How do you validate it as well? How do you validate that it was from that time? Because and you can buy them in fucking Primark now. I've so got it's... a Metallic t-shirt, tour t-shirt from nineteen eighty-five. Like and a, a real hell. one, and I I just wear it. I don't. There's no. I'd never think of selling it because I love it. But yeah. and then you. Then, but if you put a price on it like that, I'm like, mm, don't love it that much. Yeah, that's well. It's same as the PlayStation, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's testament as well. Like I was just saying, I was just like JJ. You just mentioned your missus just browsing through Instagram and obviously seeing the shirt like worth twelve hundred quid. Like, yeah, it's it it's clear. It, <laughs> we can call our. Our, our uh, youth retro, clearly, because like I was saying, I was seeing a resurgence of people just suddenly, like kids posting on like tr- like the trending page of Instagram, like these like fan cams, as they call them now, of like Kurt Cobain, like old pieces of video footage, like candid yeah. video footage of Kurt Cobain. And it's quite cool. It's quite cool that 
he is still relevant and still some sort of like icon when it comes to alter the alternative scene and I don't know people that were in our position growing up I think it's quite warming and it it it's it's nice that our youth our, our the stuff in our youth isn't being forgotten but there are people that are being like oh shit like my dad listens to this dude or listened to this yeah. dude no it's it's quite cool it's like we can't just we we won't get the yeah okay boomer sort of yeah. shit like yeah. kids will be like oh you actually you you like nirvana yeah i fucking do oh you're a cool boomer <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's i guess i guess the i guess nirvana at the time like were uh they were kind of the pop culture even though everybody who listened to them like it's not pop culture but now it's like at that time I can't remember any chart music it was, from it, it that was time. In, it was in the top 100 or top 200 for six years. Never mind. Well, never mind was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it like, was, it was, it's not far behind like uh, Dark Side of the Moon and mm. Sergeant It's Pepper one of the biggest like selling albums of all time. And, and bear in mind that no, Mac, yeah. no yeah, one... Same caliber. Everyone knew that Nirvana were going to get big, especially mm. David Geffen, obviously, signed them. But yeah. no one knew what would happen when Nevermind came out. No one had any idea that it was going to get that big. Obviously, I think that's, 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 that's got to have something to do with, obviously, what happened to him. Or what one of the, yeah, one what of the things that, co that crops up quite a lot, though, is how we... It's hard now looking back at it, but when we were that age, like, because we're all roughly the same age, we were right. like, yeah, because Kurt Cobain was touting the whole, rec like, I don't care about the record industry, blah, blah, blah. But then yeah. people forget that they signed to Geffen, yeah, and at the time, Geffen wasn't a small record label. Yeah, it was Guns and Roses, absolutely huge. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah, people also people wanted like I know I know it's not Guns and Roses episode, but people forget that Appetite for Destruction was Guns and Roses' first album. Yeah, oh, like which I, is, I always yeah. like. Oh, it's that must be like their second or third album. It's like no, it's their first album. Probably one of the. I think it might be one of the biggest selling debuts of all time as well. That album. yeah. And that's the, the difference now. Like, people, yeah. like, bands can't... It's like fourth album, fifth album that people start going, mm. they're, like, that level. And they'll still never be Nirvana level. Wait, wait you know, a minute. Like, is it Geffen or Epitaph Records that the bassist of Bad Religion is the owner of? It's Epitaph. It's Greg, Epitaph, uh, right. Brett, Brett Gurowitz. That's it, Brett, Brett. Uh, so well, he's, not, he's not in Bad Religion anymore. He quit pretty much that's, as soon as he started Epitaph. Yeah. So who's, who's the owner of Geffen? David Geffen. Right. Oh, right. So, okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, on, I'm on. Yeah. David Geffen's like, you, you know, he was. <laughs> Fuck shit, cunt, wangle bollocks. Sorry. Cece's gone. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone is listening to the podcast, uh, my daughter's been sitting in here for the last half an hour. So I've had to curb the swearing. Daddy's had to be good. Ish. Yeah. She, Ish. She, basically, Ish. she basically had a look at her face like, oh, daddy's talking shit again. Yeah. <laughs> da daddy's with his friends talking shit on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> She's oh, like, daddy, I'm trying to paint. Yeah. <laughs> Stop oh, talking about band. Nirvana. <laughs> Ugh, that band. Again. I'm creating the future here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we. But yeah, David Geffen's like just, he. they were a massive, massive label. So, yeah. Yeah. When anyone ever goes back and like, yeah, Kurt Cobain, like he didn't care about music. Yeah, the, well, I the think his main thing he hated like... was the media, like the, yeah. the the music media. I don't think he had a problem with the industry as a whole. It was but, yeah, it was the way he, he he would have done it different. I think if he'd still be alive now, he would love what had happened to music. The independence. I think so too. I think it, yeah. so too. And I think it's um, I think as well it's um, 
MTV are also responsible with the boom in the 90s with how popular MTV itself became and how much of a cultural phenomenon that was. It was a staple in like kids growing up. It was the it was almost the answer to the alternatives that that were not being kind of or, or were being sort of looked down down upon yeah. in society and and I guess through like like I don't know kids or just people in general and it was kind of it, I I felt like MTV was possibly almost like a beacon to some people whether they like to admit it or not but like alternatives some people were probably like yeah the shit that we listen to it's actually popular now it's fucking cool like yeah. it's that it seemed that like it was an open a door for the alternative scene because absolutely i watched the uh, the nightmare before christmas documentary that's on netflix at the moment and the animators from uh mtv uh came over and were the animators on really nightmare before christmas really? which is obviously like Basically, it's, it's the, the gothic franchise of our generation. Oh, God. Yeah, Maybe not our pieces. generation, just, but like... There's something about that. I just really don't like Nightmare Before Christmas. I think yeah, it's my... because it was just ruined by fucking dickheads with like just so much Nightmare Before Christmas merch. Too good, much good Charlotte. Every yeah. every fan of Good Charlotte loves yeah. Jack yeah. Skeleton gloves, Jack Skeleton socks, Jack Skeleton's t-shirt, yeah. and then just like a little... Good Charlotte patch on their backpack. My, it's my, like my best mate's brother's got a nightmare before Christmas like tattoo. He's also got he's also got Harry Potter tattoos as well. I love I you, think, Ollie, but your tattoos are shit. I, I think <laughs> I think Ben Ben can advocate for this, but there's no way that you in in like the early two thousands, there's no way that you could have walked down South End High Street or gone down York Road to somewhere without seeing someone in some form of Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, God, yeah, the Doom Cookies. You know, like, we, we were going on about, like, what we used to wear, though. Like, do you remember those fucking massive jeans? But they were so baggy that the rip would just get yeah. higher and higher up the heel because you're oh, just yeah, constantly see, walking on them, like... Criminal <laughs> damage, aren't they? Jenko yeah. and criminal damage. Or, uh, and if I'd flying, see, I'd... flying B. Yeah, I couldn't Bernies. wear them. They just weren't for me. I just could not wear them. I, I used to... I, 501s I, for me, yeah. I used to wear them because I used to skate a lot, mm. like yeah. blades or ramps, and they were just convenient, you know. So, but yeah, you but don't it, have to like pull your trousers up and tuck them over your over your jeans. It just la- naturally landed over the top of them. And the stress. <laughs> I tell, tell you what. I tell you what. This is this is perfect subject to talk about because this is, the nostalgia is putting a massive smile on my face, taking the pain away from my surgery right now, and it, it's. I think we're going to really, really enjoy diving into this big time. Hey, Ben's, for listeners, Ben's got the In Utero Nirvana uh, vinyl. They're my favourite album, without a doubt. But, um, such a good album. It's such a great album. But I think it's probably um, time that we actually do move on to the act- We actually yeah. talk about the, the conspiracy, so, right? I think, I think you guys you guys seem to be, like, pretty clued up on it. Like, I'm, I know more about the... I think I know more about the Kurt Cobain and the conspiracy than I do about Nirvana. I was never like yes. a huge Nirvana. Obviously, never mind. Fantastic for me, but everything else, I don't think I would know a song on it. So, I think a good website for yourself. I'll, I'll quickly post the link for you, uh, JJ, in the chat. Is just I think it's just is it Justice for Kurt? What's the one? Is that, that is, uh, Justice for Kurt? I think. I'm, what's I the know. one that there? There is a particular website that really yeah. documents the whole. Like Ben, just move your microphone closer to you. The the Shots. murder, the murder conspiracy or whatnot. Um, How about that? Is that better? Yes, that's perfect. There is a website that documents it very, very well. And I always believe Justice it was, for Kurt.com. 
Is it justice for Kurt? I think so. I'm sure it was. So you could probably, and listeners as well, you could probably follow along. Yeah, there's also, a, it's in a different language. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, that's a shame. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, they've, not, they've not got translation on it, have they not? Um, Why is it in a different language now? Contact? What the hell is that? See, you're not another conspiracy podcast for professionalism, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Google, so Google Chrome allows you to translate, right? Okay, yeah. well, yeah. Um, I'll, should I sum up what actually happened? Sure, yeah, yeah. Give us a little breakdown, mate. On April the 8th, 1994, singer of Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, was found dead in his, I guess, yeah. his his version of what I'm recording in now. It's like <laughs> it's a conservatory, like, yeah. It's like a little office space that was for him to shoot up heroin. And it, was, it was like an annex of a garage. Yeah. It's called the Greenhouse, uh, it was referred yes. to. So we'll be talking about the Greenhouse a lot in this podcast. Uh, he was found dead by a electrician uh, who his wife had booked in to go and change some lights conveniently. Uh, mm. We'll get into that later on, uh, why that's uh, convenient for her. Um, yeah, he was found dead with uh, a shotgun wound to the face uh, and also a three times lethal dose of heroin in his system. Uh, which again we'll talk about when we get onto the heroin mm. uh, conspiracy um, later on. But yeah, he was found dead by and uh, basically was the world was devastated. It was the end of rock and roll to some people. He, which it was, um, uh, and, and I'll tell you what as well. It's one of the it's one of the most haunting uh, images. Mm. that I think I can remember seeing as a kid and being quite disturbed at it. The aerial photo that someone got through the doorway where his body was lying. And you've also got, I guess, like a detective kneeling by the side of his yeah. body. And it's just Kurt's right foot and his arm on the floor. And I believe his box that he kept his heroin needles and all sorts yeah. sort of next to him. And I remember seeing that in school, <coughs> like searching for it on when the internet had really just sort of started like becoming accessible and i remember seeing that image and throughout the entire day just feeling like dog shit yeah. after that because uh, it was it was one of the first i think images that i ever saw of a dead person like and and yeah although it's not gruesome it's not gory it's just haunting and and horrible um it's it for me it was like it was so even even looking at it then i remember looking at it thinking it looked so staged well, like yeah. he's just he's just like rigid like straight just lying yeah. there and we the have gun... been dead for a few days so it's probably rigor mortis all right <laughs> right <yeah. laughs> uh, um, no but i think that there's a lot of that actually when you get into the conspiracy side of it is like how did someone shoot up three times the 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 lethal dose basically of heroin mm. because they've done tests to kind of see if anyone could do that much heroin and survive uh, I'd, be able to, I'd be able to function and and, uh, um, and they found out the only living person is slash yeah but even slash said like he would do that much over a day and it'd be bad whereas kurt yeah. had done it in one one sitting like that was one thing he then had the the because they said that that amount of heroin it would hit your bloodstream and you'd be gone you'd be out you wouldn't be able to stand up you wouldn't be able to put your stuff away you wouldn't be able to tidy up you wouldn't then be able to tidy up and then and then shoot yourself <laughs> in the face with a fucking shotgun like now, there was there was um i heard i heard a few rebuttals about it they were saying that because he was such a heavy heroin user that it was possible that he would have been able to withstand it but 
in my opinion, wouldn't he prefer to get to a state of being out of control if he's that much of a heroin addict because he was continuously chasing that buzz? So mm. he would continuously. Why? Why would he? Why would he commit suicide when he's still capable of pulling a trigger? Yeah. What would be therefore the point of him getting high if they, he? Was, yeah. Well, they they. They talk about like how heroin is like the best thing you can have. Like it brings you, you know, it's the best euphoric thing you can ever have. Yeah. So like why, after you've done that amount, why would you blow your head off? Like they were saying that, you know, in, in our minds, we talk about how he did it and then shot himself. I, I mean, logically I was thinking maybe he just sat there for fucking ages, woke up, realized, I mean, did they find any heroin left over in the box? I think there was oh. still some, some, some some H in there. Because, <laughs> like, maybe he just, like, he'd come around after his, like, three mega doses and we're just like, shit, I ain't got any left. And then it was like, oh, there's a shotgun. I can't be bothered going to the dealer. Good move. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, or maybe he was trying to, like, set off a fight, like a beacon. Maybe that was his signal to his <laughs> dealer. Just like, if I blow one hole in the ceiling, that means I want one. <laughs> and then he just, one. like, ah, just blew his fucking head off. Yeah, I mean that 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 whole thing to me, the whole shotgun thing. That's where where I started because I didn't obviously know about heroin at the time. I didn't really know much about it when I when I first found out that he killed himself, and I was first found out that there was a conspiracy. Mm. And like instantly, as soon as says, "Oh, you know, Courtney killed Kurt," you're like, "Yes, she did." Like, there's no yeah. question. You're like, "Oh yeah, that's definitely something she could do." And any of the interviews or stuff you listen to, or if you listen to the recordings that um, Tom Grant did. Uh, the private investigator that Courtney uh, uh, employed yeah. to investigate Kurt or find out what he was doing. Um, he recorded her and she said, like, instantly you listen to those recordings and you're like, oh yeah, she's definitely involved. Yeah, she she sounds really, really suspect as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, but, um, uh, one, but then you look thing... at the shotgun and the size of it, you're like, it's right. so I'm... big. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad we're looking at this because it wasn't too long ago that there was a photo released. I just sent it into the uh, chat um, uh, to the boys for all the listeners. But we will be. Uh, I will put the um, uh, the photo in the Discord uh, yeah. channel. So the the particular shotgun, um, it's not like a pump action. It's more of like, you seen the movie Evil Dead? In the first movie of Evil Dead, it's the it's the cracked sort of shotgun you put either two i think two shells and then you snap it back shut or you slide the bullets into the side yeah um kirk Cobain was quite a small guy wasn't he like five foot four or five no he was bigger than that i think it's five oh he was five, five so, six five seven but but still the shotgun is big massive. and now a lot of people are saying that this particular photo of this i i guess um police officer uh he's around he's regarded as fairly fairly tall um, and I remember seeing people talking about it on Reddit in the sense and saying that it doesn't make sense how Kurt would possibly be able to pull the trigger of this shotgun that JJ just so rightly pointed out has got a silencer on it um, with his feet when he has still got his shoes uh, on. Now, that's one thing that I've always remembered as a kid. People saying that how on earth could he pull the trigger when he's still got like shoes on? And the fact of him being so small compared to the shotgun in also being able to reach the trigger with this this particular gun, I mean, that's that's a long-ass barrel, even with the silencer, the silencer not being on it. Like, it's... 
it's very suspect as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't quite know how you would do something. Maybe you could slam the butt of the gun on the floor because I know that I've seen that happen a few times. People actually hit the barrel, uh, sorry, the um, the handle of the gun on the floor and it, the, the shock would yeah. also trigger yeah. the bullet to happen. It makes me wonder whether he would do that, maybe stick the gun in his mouth, bash it on the floor. He and that's, but again, that's when I saw the suicide, when I saw the picture, that's not happened, does it? He's he's no. like, he's, he's lying there with the shotgun cl clenched kind of on his, like in his lap area, like in his chest. Mm. From what I remember, I haven't got it in front of me right now, but I'm pretty sure it's it, it, that kind of great, great thinking. But like, again, it, it's, it's like he's it's like he's just laid there and someone's laid flowers on him and it's but it's a shotgun instead of flowers you know it's and it's like the a... fact that he, yeah it's the fact that he's got his shoes on and again like ben mentioned he was he had like three times a lethal dose of heroin inside him I mean, uh, yeah I, I, I mean that's it. i think it was like three times i don't know if lethal dose is the word but it's like three right, times right. more than than like a heavy user would be using like it was a gotcha, lot more gotcha. than it should have been and it um, it, it, it it looks, it just doesn't look right. It, I don't understand how it doesn't, it, it doesn't add up. But at the same time, surely there, there there has to be some kind of legitimacy to it because I'm pretty sure, but then again, I don't know, I'm talking, I'm talking, well, surely the police department would the police, solve it. I think then, the police, uh, it, you know, I've listened to a few interviews of thing and uh, the way the gun landed and stuff is, looks like it wouldn't have happened like the gun couldn't have laid like that but at the same time also police accidentally knock stuff over like so right yeah that's always, always somewhere some way to look at it when you think about how it all looks so posed yes you know, it could have been like you know things happen you know accidents like the, happen. the police run in like some sort of 80s cop show like oh trip over the gun and like <laughs> oh where was that just throw it on him it was him <laughs> officer Proper typical 1970s ones, like cigarettes all smoking, yeah. spilling coffee everywhere. <laughs> Who's going to get the donut, boys? Like, Kurt but, um, Cobain was scalded to death by a hot cup of Joe. He's <laughs> <laughs> got coffee burns all over his face. So there is also, also something that I'm trying to... Ah, there we go. I, oh, no, never mind. I was going to say I found it, but it's a very, very small thumbnail image. I will quickly look in. There was a very interesting infographic that also uh, described the crime scene, essentially, of... Um, when Kurt was discovered. And I think um, I think Ben can probably uh, correct me on, on this if, if it's true or not. But wasn't wasn't a chair put against the delt the door? No. No, uh, right. Because uh, yeah. No, this yeah, is this is a common common well. common misconception, misconception. in mm. a common misconception. Actually it was a stool and it was an art stool. Like it was a it was a it was a stool that was made by an artist and Kurt had brought it for an obscene amount of money uh, and it wasn't at the door the entrance door it was actually at like the balcony door oh so right. obviously in the in the police report it says uh stall in front of door mm. uh but it wasn't actually the the, the entrance door it was um, that's that's I, very yeah so very it kind of that kind of instantly wipes out that whole thing like he blocked himself in I'm not sure if this is the infographic you're talking about Dean but uh it looks like someone's recreated uh Kurt Cobain's suicide on Sims. <laughs> <laughs> it's Which is Minecraft. really, really, really Someone's dark. might have done a Minecraft building of yeah, Kurt Cobain's suicide. I've sent it in the group. Uh, oh, yeah, you can yeah. see the stall, and that's the, that is the balcony door. 
and his shirling jacket just lying next to him, which is obviously one of the eighties cops. Oh god, yeah. no! Yeah, wow. But uh, took the time. Oh yeah. no! no. So this... uh, when you say someone took the time, Dean, you mean someone tried? You've got to save that. JJ, make sure that is saved on your computer so we can put that in in the Discord. Well, I, I do see the thumbnail you're talking about. Uh, it's really small, and I can't find. I can't yes, make it. Yes, yes, it's very small. Uh, but yeah. Ah oh, no, here I've. Uh, He's found. I've it. found a larger one. Yeah, you it. can see like you see his little smack box. His little like there's a shot of the window of his leg. Then like you just Google Kirk Bain suicide uh, crime scene, listeners uh, and viewers, and you'll there see. There we go. I've also put about. that in the chat for you guys as well. It's. it's... <laughs> so do we want to let Ben? You said you've got a bit of a timeline. Uh, I, I, it's a like the timeline is um, kind of goes on for a few like it's a, w- a couple of weeks build up to it. Okay. So Kurt, um, the, the, let's talk about the shotgun first. So, mm. oh, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. so so wait, it's part of the timeline. So Kurt and Courtney had had a bust up, and Courtney had called the police on Kurt, saying that he was threatening to kill himself, uh, and that he had guns, and uh, he'd locked himself in the bathroom. So the police arrived. Uh, to deal with the issue of Courtney and him. And she, Courtney was on the front lawn screaming and being the cunt that she is. Yep. Um, the, the the attention whore, I think, is the mm. word that people use when they describe I think, yeah, I think we can agree with that. Uh, and Kurt had locked himself in the toilet and was saying, look, I'm not suicidal. I don't want to kill myself. I just don't want to listen to her anymore. That's basically what the police said that he said to her. Uh, they confiscated all his guns. So he he was a, he was definitely a uh, uh, Second Amendment guy. He was an enthusiast. Yeah, he, he, lo- he, yeah. he definitely wanted the right to bear arms, and he took and he used that right. Uh, he loved guns. Um, he was a libertarian, I guess. Mm. <laughs> he wanted to legalize drugs <laughs> and have guns. Um, but yeah, he he. So the police took his guns. Uh, uh, so he had no guns. And then him and his friend Dylan, uh, D- Dylan, can't remember his surname, Dylan something, uh, he, well, who was his best mate and another junkie, uh, they went out and brought a gun uh, in Dylan's name from a sports shop, because in America, buying guns is sports, apparently, in yeah. Seattle. He brought a gun uh, and... They put it in his, he's got, he had a little like hiding place in his wardrobe. We hid the gun and then went from the sh- the shop, dropped the gun off and then got on a plane to LA where he went to rehab. So he went to rehab and he was there for two days before he escaped from rehab. Bear in he mind, didn't even check himself out. Yeah. Bear in mind, this is a rehab where you could just walk out if you wanted to. It was vo- purely voluntary place. Oh, okay, one of those, right. Instead of just walking out, he climbed over the back wall. (laughs) And he flew back to... And obviously, this is long before um, you needed a passport to fly internally. Uh, Yeah. His credit card. He bought a ticket to Seattle, and he flew home. Courtney had already, by this time, uh, employed Mr. Tom Grant to be a private investigator. Sorry, Ben. Yeah, is didn't he? But as he got on that plane, I'll let you carry on. Sorry, after hiring the private investigator, I think that flight home he bumped into Duffy from Guns and Roses on uh, Duff McKagan, uh, did he? Yeah, yeah. There's a very um. Whose podcast did I hear it on? 
or at least Duffy has actually spoken about it, that he was on the same flight as Kurt coming back. Uh, that on sorry, him leaving rehab. That it was. I'm pretty sure he he was one of the last people to see him or at least speak to him. Oh, and right. Duffy was also like a massive heroin addict as well. Wait, I mean, Gus, does... Gus McKagan is the coolest guy in the world, right? By far. I, be I do believe that he had something to talk about. Uh, he he he. I'm pretty it, sure. It does he... say here. I found the. I found the oh, thing. Oh, okay. It says the true story behind Duff McKagan and Kurt Cobain's last flight together. That's it. Yeah, um, I knew that, and he, he, I I'll don't send... think I that'd think be Duff like that again. That, imagine being Duff McKagan in that because I mean, a lot of Duff McKagan's friends have passed in that time. That's right, why he's sober right. now. And if I recall, I don't think Duffy had really. He said he didn't seem any different to when he's ever experienced Kurt in the past. Yeah. So there was nothing for him to sort of like lead to thinking he was suicidal or or so or anything leading to toward that kind of behaviour. Yeah. I, I yeah. So he obviously he was being followed uh, by well Tom Grant, the private investigator who Courtney mm -hmm. employed, had put a tracker on his um, credit cards. So oh. as soon as he brought that uh, flight to Seattle, Courtney cancelled yeah. the credit card. She cancelled the credit card, so and then so obviously he tried to get bitch. money out. Tried to get money out um, to get some cash out, um, yep. and it wouldn't work. So he rang Courtney uh, and he gave like a code, which is Elizabeth's number is, and then the number is like blanked out. And like, that was that. That, that was, was kind of a note, say like either call me, uh, yes. why have you cancelled okay. the card, kind of thing. Uh, right. He used to cut check in under the name Elizabeth to a lot of hotels. That's bizarre. Is, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess oh, when you've okay. you've got obviously you have to change your name every now and again if you don't want fans to come. Right? Stalk you. Yeah, yeah, and no, yeah, that isn't so bizarre. Even yeah. even it being a female name, you know. So yeah. yeah, so he he done that, and then he he luckily he's a rock star and he's got an account with a limo firm. So he got a limo <laughs> back from a limo back from the airport to his house, and then yeah. no one saw him until his body was found. And I think that was April the fifth. I think maybe he landed. I'm not quite sure, mate. But yeah, he 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 was back April the fifth, and then uh, no one no one had seen him until his body was discovered uh, by the electrician. But during that time, uh, Frances Bean, the baby, and her nanny Callie, who was actually Courtney Love's ex boyfriend, were still in were in the house. So and then there obviously loads of weird shit happens around those. They were that in guy. the house still. Yeah, and while apparently Kurt was in the greenhouse. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a load of stuff. So, so obviously, um, Courtney's and then Courtney filed a missing persons uh, report for Kurt Cobain under his mother's name, Wendy O'Connor. What a mess! Yeah, yeah. but you right. So let's go back to Courtney now. I know I'm okay. jumping all over the place, but there's like, no, that's so fine. Courtney uh, and Tom Grant. Uh, Tom Grant met Courtney in a hotel room, and she was. Uh, she phoned him actually after after they she booked and she'd phoned him. She goes, "I am uh, hiding out in a hotel in LA, uh, and I phoned in a report to the press office that I've had a drug overdose because I want the press because her album was coming out that like that on the Monday or the what Friday, <laughs> and she obviously wants to be in the papers. She'd called in a report saying that she was in rehab because she had an overdose." Uh, which she hadn't. She was hiding in a hotel mm. at the same time that Kurt was in rehab. Mm. And then 
the next thing you know, Tom's gone to Ella in Seattle to try and find her, to find Kurt. She's reported him missing as his mother. And she's also phoned, bear in mind, she knows he's he's left rehab now. Right, yeah, yeah. Because she's got the credit card report. She's, of course, she's, she's got right. it, yeah. She then phones the rehab place nine separate times under nine different names asking to speak to him and ask him where he is. But Pret- pretending so- each time that she doesn't know that he's left, that he's escaped. See, and that- she doesn't know that he's in Seattle. That is suspect as hell. That Mm. is almost a smoking gun, mind the pun. But that's... That's not even the most... (laughs) That's not even the most, like... Immediately, fucking red lights are going. Right, so so she knows that Kurt's in Seattle. She knows she sent Tom Grant to meet Dylan, Kurt's mate, who who went with him to buy the gun. Who bought the gun, yep, correct, Yeah. yeah. She sent them to search the house, right? So, get there... She tells Tom, she goes, Tom rings her from a payphone. She's like, I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. The PI, uh, yeah. Yeah. Can you make sure the alarms are turned off? She says, yes, yes. I'll call you back on this number when it's ready to go in there. When you're ready to go in there. Why Why did? Why does she need to tell them to go into somewhere to investigate She could just give them the alarm code, right? Right. But exactly. no, she does it. So he goes in there. It goes in. The house is empty. Callie and Francis aren't there. She tells Dylan to make sure that they check the greenhouse. Make sure you check the greenhouse. And obviously Dylan's strung out. They don't check it. Either he knows, right. either Dylan knows that something's going on there and he doesn't yeah, want to go yeah. and look at it or and he f- just forgets because he's a drug addict. But they don't check the greenhouse. This is on the 6th. This is April the 6th, the first time they visit. Right? And so, is this PI, you said he, or he's a drug, a drug addict? No, Tom's is, the, was, Tom Grant's the PI and Dylan is yes. the drug addict. And, to, Sorry, and Dylan that, is yeah. his, Dylan's basically looking after Tom, making sure he knows where the house gotcha, is. Gotcha, gotcha, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go there, they don't check the greenhouse, they leave. Courtney rings up again, blah, 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 check the greenhouse. Right, so they've, che- they've checked the house, they've ripped the house apart. The only thing they find is some Rohypnol. They don't find the gun, they don't find anything like that. Um... um just just like into cutting here before we go too far into this. Am I right in thinking that you, I remember you telling me, Ben, that he was renowned for being a bit of a bullshitter? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I've, I've just stumbled upon something here saying that in his diary, he wrote that he first tried heroin in the late 80s. When in mm. fact, the truth is, apparently he'd only been doing heroin for like two to three years yeah. before this happened. Yeah. Which is oh, so <laughs> which is really weird to like, think about. Like, I think I think something like eighty percent of montage of heck has been debunked by people that knew him, like people yeah, that was, like a fake the, it till you make it kind of guy. Who yeah, was the he artist that he also went to school with? Oh, it was a uh, Buzz from the from the Melvins. Melvins. That's it. But he also and went did, to school with loads of people from the Aberdeen scene because the Aberdeen scene ended up like generating well. I guess Kurt actually helped those by bringing his mates' bands on tour, like the Melvins and of course, things like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So a lot of those people ended up being <laughs> part of the music scene, but also ended up not liking Courtney, obviously. Um, and they had obviously knew more about Kurt when he was a kid than mm. anyone's. And they say, I know we're getting off like the timeline a bit here, but especially Buzz from the Melvins, he said that none of that stuff with the him. Apparently, he slept with a. Uh, someone with special needs uh, basically raped her. Uh, 
Like in Montage of Hate, there's a whole animated story about how he tried to kill himself with a cinder block on his chest and the train missed him. And and Buzz from Melbourne says, look, if that had happened, we'd all know and we all would have been telling that story to each other. But no one heard that story before. That's the first they ever heard of it. That's, apparently, yeah, yeah he, goes, he, goes, he goes, oh, and all the kids at school will call me a retard fucker. Like, that's a quote. And um, that's not me just saying retard for fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they said, like, he said, like, no, that's not true. That never happened. He never told that story. No one called him retard fucker. Like, it, you know, a lot of montage of heck was just him, his ramblings into, into and telling stories like any narcissist would. Like, he just wanted to make himself seem more troubled than he, he wanted was. to create yeah he wanted to create some sort of weird appeal about yeah, himself that whole montage of heck thing he just looks like a hyperactive kid just having loads of fun like and and he, well yeah. this was where i and was going with this whole heroin thing because there's a there's a video i think it's like 91 92 i think it's when francis is still a baby he's like courtney love says that he's just shot up and he's he can't even fucking move he's a vegetable yeah. So if he's taken three fucking hits of it, he's a lightweight hero. Like they, they say that just like, to be like to to have the capability to withstand that much heroin, you have to have been doing heroin for at least like 10 years. Like yes. 10, 20 years. Your body has yeah. to adapt. Like so the that's where I was going with it. Like because yeah. he's for he's only been doing heroin, let's say if this if this is the truth, three years. That's like you're like a yeah. fucking rookie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just like so yeah, it, it leads. To him not being in an actual state to be able to yeah. work or even yeah. hold shotgun possibly because yeah. apparently he was dead against heroin like in the late 80s it says that he was i mean there's a quote here it says why do you want to kill yourself why do you want to die so badly when his friend even talked about trying heroin he said that to his pal yeah and like <laughs> that's kind of like that I'm that's kind of like somebody that. who's dead against it like some people yeah. are just like oh just try heroin you'll work it out if you know that's a guy who's against it i think you know the, the heroin for him was definitely a cure for his crippling like anxiety and like i guess yeah, really the, bad I, stomach problems well, as well the stomach, well the stomach problems apparently he had tests and tests and tests done and it it was pure, like could have been psychosomatic that chest Fan, thing, phantom pains. that stomach, that yeah. stomach pains could have been. And then the heroin, obviously, it, it said he Made said that it was the cure. He said it was the cure for his pain. So right. I'm learning something new entirely. So we can probably we can all probably agree that Kurt was not the hardcore masterful heroin user yeah. that we have all. Yeah, been I think Courtney definitely use. played up how much that he was doing as well. Um, but then like you anything well, once we get we'll get to after the death and how courtney was sure. about that but yeah she would say she had a 20 dollar a day habit and he had a 400 dollar a day habit uh and experts well like junkies have said that like like that knew them said courtney didn't touch the stuff really she could she'd shoot up to like to look cool she yeah, heroin yeah. for her was like a cool <sighs> thing and even even nikki six in the dirt says that he had a thousand dollar a week Heroin habit. That. So that he did and way he more heroin. <laughs> yeah, he did way he, more heroin than Kurt Cobain. And yeah, he could. And this and is a thousand dollar a week. So yeah. uh, and he was saying that he was doing it once or twice a day. Yeah. So I mean, that's like, you, you know, I mean, you, that, look, you work that out. It's it's definitely not four hundred dollars a night. No. I mean, you look at you look at the pictures. Just going from what you guys were saying, how Courtney is like, oh, he's this, he's that, and blah blah blah. But then that article that I just said in our little chat again, this will go into the uh, the Discord server channel. 
um, some photos were released, I don't know how many years ago. Uh, oh, no, in 2019, actually, last year. Uh, Kurt Cobain death scene photos exposed 25 years after suicide. Passing past the actual crime scene photographs, you look at the house that then Tim and... Uh, who was the, who was the other guy that... Dylan, Tim and Dylan, Tim Dylan, good comedian. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> you look at the house that they walked into and to be honest, no wonder they didn't go to check out the um, the greenhouse yeah. because for all the listeners and non-viewers, the fucking house is a shit tip. Yeah. And to walk in there as a private investigator. Now, I don't I am not using the word the phrase shit tip lightly. It is rancid. It is disgusting. And as a private investigator, if you walked into that, you would want to get out of that place as quick as possible. Uh, we've all walked into Can people's you... houses that are shit on and just like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, could you imagine? Could you imagine a crackhead or, or at least a heroin user that you know is a drug abuser sitting there going to you? Oh, do you want to? Do you want to go and look at this other place? And if you're like yeah. an actual private investigator, you'd be like, Nah, I've seen enough. Yeah. I don't need to look anywhere else in this house to see what it's like. Yeah, so, it just looks like honest, a junkie's house, but they obviously a junkie's house, but they had the money to it's, yeah, to have a house to own a multi-million and, dollar. Uh, yeah, building. it looks like they've bought a new house and they haven't ever settled in. They just literally look like the front. Well, they don't even look like a mattress. Yeah, just like a bench. They hadn't had the house. The for, they hadn't had the house very long. Um, yeah, that's. But it. then also, what people said is the the reason that Tom Grant wouldn't have wouldn't have known about the greenhouse not because Dylan hadn't said anything, but at night you couldn't see the greenhouse, like you wouldn't know it was there because it was oh, separate to the house. Oh, it was shrouded, wasn't it? It was yeah, shrouded it was, by a lot and of trees And if it was dark or cloudy, you wouldn't really know it was there, especially in Seattle, because it, it's like England, it rains all the time. Um, yeah, you I am just reading here though, that even, even though he was considered one of the world's biggest rock stars, he lived in his car for a long time. This was shortly before Nevermind was released. Yeah, well, they didn't so, have any money, did they? Like, yeah. Um, I mean, it says biggest rock star lives like a herbo in a car. Yeah. So, I mean, he must well, have still we all been... Know, well, we know that you don't make any money from from music, yeah. really. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that, and, and for, for Nirvana fans, they know that up until In Utero era, they shared everything. Like, all the publishing was split three ways. Yeah, Courtney yeah. bullied Kurt into... Uh, well, actually, Courtney just hired lawyers once she was married she hired lawyers to try get, and get kurt's name to, to get to have no, everything. she did and she did it caused a massive rift in the band uh and they were going to split up anyway i think um that's very much was. a sid and nancy scenario right yeah. i guess like that was a fair like sid well I, I, I think as well I, I think as well um dave grohl has always been testament to how much of a cunt she really was well he keeps him he, he does keep his mouth shut about it but he slips sometimes and that's <laughs> what i'm saying in it there's little thing i mean what's the song that foo fighters wrote that a lot of people are just like that was written about uh courtney love um, I can't remember which one it was, but there's no. a few lyrics. You're a cunt. You're a fat, <laughs> ugly cunt. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's no it's no surprise yeah. to be perfectly honest. I, I think she doesn't do herself any herself any favors, man. But she like, it, and if you watch like, I've watched all the documentaries, I've read all the books. Like, and the, I mean, t to be fair, the research leading up to this episode was minimal. Most of it was done like a decade ago. Mm. Like, especially in the, the Nick Broomfield um, documentary, which is not great, but the interviews he does, like, with her ex-boyfriend, she fucks 
so many people over. Like she would, she wanted to be. Her. I'm glad you finished it with that because I was like, oh, she has, she and, has sex with Steve Coogan. She fucked Alan Partridge, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she fucked so many people over. But she, so she, she used to write these little notes, and he kept this bloke kept some of them, and they were like going how to be famous, and it'd be like befriend this guy, do this. Like and she and she she was pretty good at it. She knew how to like they say she was a manipulator. She knew how to get what she wanted, but also she's a manipulator that pissed people off. Like you, she you were around her long enough, you hated her. So and for such a talent talentless bitch, it's testament to how good she is at fucking people. Uh, like, live through this. We're talking about her now. Well, ninety. Uh, <laughs> Trent Reznor wrote that song uh, "Star Sucker" about her because he said that she he literally sucks the life out of everything that's poorly about the world. She, and the song's she, called Star Sucker. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Let's be honest, like, Live Through This is a pretty good album. Who, whose album's that? Uh, Hole. Oh, like, oh, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pretty good album, and Kurt didn't write it because it was mostly it was written before they met. Mm. So it's like, that. I mean, a lot of that was, you know, was like, oh, she, Kurt wrote all those records. It didn't, but... There is a bit in Montage of Heck where they're film where they've got some junkie filming them in the bath and Kurt's there shaving. Oh, uh, it's horrendous. It's, oh yeah, going, yeah, yes. Yeah, and so Kurt's there just in the mirror, he's shaving. He's by this point you can tell he hates her and he's just switched mm. off. And she's going, I can't believe you turned down Red A and Lollapalooza. I could have been playing there and I would have racked the shit out of that. And he's just like, just uh, like he's shaving. And he gets in the camera turns to him, he goes, I have a mustache. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he really is That's fed up. That's how disconnected. Yeah, he's like, like I don't completely care. And, and she's like, going, I'm, and then she gets her tits out and starts going, oh, I'm more oh, talented yes. than Kurt. Yeah. I'm, and it's like, you're not more talented than this, this, the, this man is probably like one of the greatest musicians and songwriters of our of generation like, of that generation especially right then there at that moment he was the most famous he was the Be- he was the beatles of that era yeah like and, and yeah. she's in there and she, you could tell that she was jealous of him and she thought that she was just as good if not better Fucking and snake man yeah but that, i mean that goes back to that's that's more about Courtney and how she was at the time. Where were we in the time? Yeah, so they they'd searched the building. That's it. They, they just had went into the house, yeah. and and they didn't find anything. They found somewhere hit now. They left, and at nine p.m. the next day, bear in mind they hadn't found anything. No one was in the house. The house was empty. Mm-hmm. Nine p.m. the next day, they went back to search again because Courtney was livid. She goes, "Make sure you search the greenhouse. Make sure you search the greenhouse." They get there on the stairs going up they walk through the front door on the stairs is a note from Callie the nanny to Kurt Cobain is that the is that the one that sort of got a pin in it or it's like uh, I'll find out because um, I remember there being a picture of like a, a note or that might be his suicide note that's got like a pen dug into it or no it's the note that you're right I think it's Kelly, Callie's note maybe right. no what? no it is his note it's suicide note right okay okay so what's this note then this is new to me. This, so one's this is very a note left me. by the nanny. And this is why it's suspicious to me because it wasn't there the night before. No one was in the house. It was 2 a.m. when they went to the house, right? Right. And there was no one in the house. I'm trying to find it. But so it's... between... So, so so the first time they went to the house, did you say it was 2 a.m. or is the second yeah, time? Yeah, the they first time to... they went to it was 2 a.m. So between, between 2 a.m., 
to 9 a.m. Did you say Courtney run right. back and was like, get back to the house? Yeah, between 2 a.m. and 9 p.m., they went back to the house. Oh, 9 so p.m., excuse yeah, me, so, sorry. So they went back to the house at 9 p.m. And this time there was a note on the stairs from Callie, the... Um, the nanny. The nanny, who was also Courtney's ex-boyfriend. Hmm. Kurt, I can't... Right, I'm going to do it in his voice because he's... <laughs> he's called... Guess what he's called Callie? Because well, he was from California. Oh, of course. Yeah, ah, dickhead. I so was going to say that, but I was like, sure. What, what is such a <laughs> smackhead nickname. California. Kurt, I can't believe you managed to be in this house without me noticing. Right. What? That's the first line. So bear in mind, Courtney knew that they'd been there last night and they hadn't found sure. anything. They hadn't seen anything. Yeah. You're a fucking asshole for not calling Courtney, Courtney and at least letting her know that you're okay. She's a bit, she's a bit of pain, Kurt, and this it's morning- It's a bit hard to read, yeah. Yeah, and she's, she's in a bit of pain, Kurt, and this morning she had another accident, and now she is in the hospital again. Bear in mind, she wasn't. She's your wife, underscore, and she loves you, and you have a child together. Get it together and at least tell her you're okay. She's going to die. It's not fair, man. Do something now. Right. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if we're looking at the same timelines, Ben, but the timeline that I've got here says that the day before Cobain's body was found, Courtney Love was in the hospital because she'd attempted suicide. This was the fake one that she said she was going to do. But she was in a hotel room. But she was in a hotel room. It says here, love is found in her hotel room with her ex-boyfriend, guitarist, Eric Araldenson. She is whisked to hospital and released two and a half hours later. Yeah, because it was bullshit. Because there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. She said... She was released two and a half hours later, immediately arrested, and then released three hours later after posting a $10,000 bail. So there must be records of that. But yeah, because that like so and that leads us to like the she had to have an alibi for me. That exactly that whole yes. thing for me, all that she's like going, she had to be in LA, she had it's to have shame. an alibi. Yeah, mm. she had to have an alibi. She's like, oh, what how can I do? Well, I can get arrested and get out. I can go to the hospital. Like it, that whole thing and and her Yeah, it's weird that it's just exactly a day before. Everything yeah, about her, like she, she cancelled and she cancelled. She'd already cancelled the first date of the European whole European tour because she knew something was coming. She up, knew, she knew she there was a domino to know effect. That something coming. was something was about to happen. She needed to not be in Europe that because she would have put her in Europe anyway. So, she, so she's flown like so. Callie's left that note. Bear yep. in mind, he wasn't there at two a.m. and that note's there right. now. The yep. ne- about an hour after they found that note, Callie arrives in LA with Francis being the baby, mm-hmm. and they go to Courtney's hotel room. Hmm. So that put that gets them all out of the. Of, it's all yeah. They've yeah. got they they kind of got a rock solid alibi yeah. going. Kind Bear of. Bear in mind. So now that that has put a timeline. Uh, that has put a different an alternative timeline in place that Callie saw knew that Kurt was alive, and as as left a note between 2 a.m. and 9 p.m. So we're like 18 hours. There's a timeline of that. Callie has seen Kurt and been in the house. Yeah. In that amount of time. So is this leading me to to think that Callie could have even been hired? 
to do well it, it, i think at least the cali cali definitely knew that kurt was dead before this note was written right it right so cali cali was an ex boyfriend of and the nanny Carly love yeah yes, right, and okay. a nanny and, but <laughs> and also a junk and <laughs> i love how you love that you're just like it, and he was a nanny also <laughs> a junkie also a massive junkie as well so yeah. they were yeah, all just like, trust just trust your kid with a fucking junkie. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I mean it's gotta well, be better than that. It, we're yeah. unstable ourselves <laughs> here. You might as well go with the other heroin addict that isn't your mum and dad. Yeah. So at this point, Callie so at least at this point, Callie, after leaving the note, Callie is either aware that Kurt is dead in the greenhouse. Like Kurt's definitely dead. There's yeah, toxicology Kurt, reports Kurt, I'm Kurt's been dead since the 6th, I think. And this is now the, the what, sorry? The 7th. Fuck it. Right, okay. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So do you think Callie That's is predicted, aware though. that he's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, could have think... been, it could have been earlier. They're saying been something because of the temperature around there that he could have been because of the decomposition, but they don't know. So... They say between the 5th and the 6th. Mm. Right, but, okay. But he so... was... He, the, the last reported sighting of Kirk Bain officially was at Seattle Airport on the 5th. And therefore, yeah, and that would have been, yeah, Duffy, yeah. Duffy was on that flight. That's the yeah. flight that Duffy was on. Right, gotcha. Okay, I'm, I'm definitely in sync now with what's going yeah. on. Yeah, so um, then, and then they obviously, they still didn't find the body that time. When they found the note, <laughs> they didn't find the body. Okay. How the So fuck? obviously, Kurt, then Courtney, um, then just just books in some electricians to go and do something in the greenhouse. It's like specifically <laughs> go to the greenhouse at this day, uh, 8.56 body was found by the electrician, but at nine, it was meant to be there at 9am. They booked it in. She booked it specifically to go to that thing. And it hadn't been booked before. It was booked like last minute on the seventh. Go right. There yeah. tomorrow. So there's two, I've got, I've, I've two things have just jumped into my head there. So if there's something wrong with the greenhouse, I would, assume that dylan would know that there is something wrong with the greenhouse and that there is no reason to go in there because there's something wrong in there maybe the lights don't switch on yeah. so why would kurt go in there we do not need to check yeah. that it's pointless going in there but secondly that is suspect as hell that oh shit that green oh the greenhouse lights off bettering an electrician while my husband's still missing and like it sounds like he's on a yeah. pathway of destruction, like on a path of destruction right now. Let me just get a Sparky in while I'm at it. I don't think you'd really do that no. with that whole entire situation going on with your husband running around no. on the point of like yeah. committing suicide. Yeah. And yeah, that there's, I don't know. That's like a, it's like two yeah. scales sitting equal. Both of it is suspect as hell. Yeah, really, and everything really she does in the lead up to the death and after the death is so suspect and so like odd. It's not like, yeah. it's not just like weird. It's like very like purposeful what she's doing. Yeah. Everything is like mapped out. So that's, that for me is it's weird. Big why after everything. Yeah. Like, why would like... you do that? Why would you do that? Yeah. And the, the, you know, there's already, there's, there's recorded evidence of her saying that she was faking an overdose so she could get in the press. This is way, way bigger and way probably better for her record sales. Mm. So, yeah, so again, so the, the, the guy, the electrician has found the body. He's called the police. Then he's called MTV. <laughs> <laughs> he told MTV straight away, like, you know. Because um, I, I remember hearing the... I remember hearing the radio station broadcast as well that I think they were the first people to broadcast it. Yeah, it was a MTV. local radio station, yeah. Yeah, because and I think 
they either had the live phone call or the guy presenting it had said we ju we've just had a phone call and i i think it's fake like i'm pretty sure i remember hearing it that they were just like in pure disbelief and that was within like moments of the electrician finding it finding yeah. it is himself. there is there theories like you guys know more about it but is there theories that Kurt Cobain it, it's a stage death because i've just seen the i've just seen the uh, the photo photograph and oh, you right, you, the... you wouldn't walk into there and go like oh that's Kurt Cobain like you could have put a plaid shirt and jeans on anybody and that would look like Kirk of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're looking at the, uh, the greenhouse photo from, from the, uh, the balcony windows. Is that correct? No, no, no. I'm the actual photograph of his oh. head. Oh, I don't think. Uh, I have it's seen. grim, but I'll send you it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Ben, uh, JJ. Yes. Um, sorry. Listeners again, you're not able to view what we are viewing the Foo Fighters song that I believe, um, was about Courtney Love was I'll stick around. Isn't that, isn't that the one that um, I was referring to earlier, JJ? Yeah, that's the one. Um, gotcha, yeah. That's one that Ooh. they claim, you know. Mm. But yeah, that's, I mean, you that's... wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell that that was. Kurt. But I, I'm, I'm also kind of looking at this photo. It's come up on a couple of websites, but he he's not wearing a shirt in this. So I don't know if like they've managed to take off his shirt and, that's the autopsy photo. I don't know, but either way, you, if that is the... I mean, a shotgun to the face is definitely not going to create any visible... You know, you're not yeah. going to be able to tell it's Kurt Cobain. I, it's going to be, be honest. It's going to be dental records if you manage I, to... I found a few the others case. and they, they don't look like him. Uh, right, right. So, again, is, there, is 20, there any... 20 gauge, wasn't it? So it wouldn't have caught... It didn't have an exit wound. It was, it was that like it wasn't that strong a shot. Oh right? really? There's oh. no exit wound, and he did it in the mouth. So you can make out that it's Kirk Bain on one of the pictures. Oh uh, right. So the, the two that I've got in front of me probably aren't the probably aren't the ones. The legitimate um, ones. Okay, okay. <clears throat> uh, yeah, they. I mean, the, the one that I've got is basically someone with their head blown off, and it just says Cobain at the bottom. Yeah, I've so seen it, could, that one. <laughs> it could be anybody. <laughs> and also, you know the the picture I said about the Sims. It's literally the picture that you guys sent about the. <laughs> so, so it's just a really bad police rendition of a room. Um, yeah, but, the, the, yeah. So it's there is no is the theories that it was a fake, a fake death, or well, like is, he it, like he cheated. He, well, he he faked his own death so he could get yeah. away from everything. I was it was he that traumatized? I, I heard that one, but you was did. he traumatized heard, that I've he was being that, followed but, around or? Yeah, I think it's definitely him who's dead. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I've heard that, and it's definitely one. I mean, it'd be nice if it'd be nice if that was real. Right. It'd be I nice to him. think he was still alive, and he was just writing songs for Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> or is it that, like he's he is Taylor Hawkins? They've just had a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh. They've, they've just add, added more gums. Plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> Plot twist. Just, he removed, when he shot his mouth off, they just removed both the, his bottom and top lip. And now he's Taylor Hawkins. He's just nothing but gum and teeth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so where are we at? We found the body. The electricians found the body. Uh... Yep. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, and then there was obviously there was a suicide note, which is also very like everyone's skeptical whether it was a suicide note or whether it was a note to a fake note yeah it was a note to fans that he was giving up uh music uh and then obviously there's a the, the bit on the end that obviously turns it then into a suicide note is completely different handwriting right <laughs> like it's, it's a right. different size it's, it's mm. clearly written after the fact it's squeezed into the end like <laughs> I love the fact here as well. One of the first uh, lines of the one of the paragraphs is, "I have a goddess of a wife." That yeah. sounds like that sounds that like in? somebody who's wrote it, who wrote it was their wife. Yeah, like you know, and it, like he he was. They were already right. So, oh my god, god this is hilarious. Him. Let's make it. Let's let's go back to how we know that now. Why sure. Courtney is suspect number one? Yeah, uh, for organizing this this dev and i i generally like and i've listened to podcasts uh that have gone like so like the last podcast on the left guys they did one and then they, at the beginning they're like oh yeah she did it she did it and then at the end they're going oh no it was it was a suicide almost like a cop-out like i don't believe that they think really that, yeah they they said it was definitely a, a suicide but so it's I'm- not I've never, I don't think, uh, this is one of the one conspiracies where I don't think I've heard a very good rebuttal. Like, I have not heard. They don't give one. They just say, oh, no. No. Because they don't want to get, they don't want to get sued because she, because their listener base is so big. Mm. She would, she sues everyone. Yeah. Yeah. She sues everyone. So a lot of people, and allegedly she killed Kirk Cobain, but she did. Uh, And and let's, let's. Let's be perfectly honest as well. Like the, the the whole motive behind it is if he he's clearly he's immensely unhappy with being married to her. She's an immense yeah. leech. Everybody knows it. Um, if they yeah, heart shaped box divorce, is written about her. 
Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely. Because wow. she gave she gave him a heart shaped box when they were first caught in, and like, and, and there's someone said this that, that she can she knows your kink. She can find out your kink, your picadillo, like instantly. Your kryptonite, almost. Yeah, like she yeah, knows yeah. how to how to get you on board and with her. So she got him a heart shaped box with some doll heads in, and so the stuff that he liked. And so she shit. knew how to, and that was the first thing she gave to him. And that's what Heart Shape Box is about. Is yeah. About I mean, climb back found- your, uh, was it throw down your umbilical noose so I can climb back back? You know, like it's, it's definitely about her. Um, and it's, 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 it's obvious as well that they hmm. were unhappy with their marriage. And if they were to divorce, she would become immensely irrelevant. Immensely yeah. irrelevant. And, and he'd really had his, they, they, so they'd signed a prenup. So she wouldn't have got anything. Right, and that's, if they got divorced, this is just more. She, to it. Um, there was another thing I was just about to say before I said the prenup thing. Um, yeah, he'd rewritten his will, like he'd 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 got a lawyer to rewrite his will, but he hadn't signed it because <laughs> he's oh, a junkie. Of <laughs> course, of so course. yeah, so, but apparently that will, and this is according to their entertainment manager. So they he had a separate manager for his. Like Courtney had organised another manager, and they had an mm. an ENTS manager that was a good friend of them, uh, and she said that she'd seen the will and it was definitely writing Courtney out, like she was gone, like he was he it was just, writing her out the world. I don't understand how people can sit there and be like, "Ah, oh, it was just a suicide." Well, I mean, I'm, I don't think anyone I'm reason, can. I'm reading reading the suicide note here, and it's like it for somebody who was like like you say a bit of a. <laughs> bit self-righteous and stuff he, you know he was like but yeah it's it's just not if you were if you were wanting to be a legacy you would write a an epic suicide note this is mm. basically a sort of pity me blah 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 but there's it's not even like a well-written you know well, you'd think he'd write an artistic song of some sort well, that's or, a, that, a lot of people say that because he had so many journals and so many and this is actually this is this is proven that she would she had someone found a notebook a courtney had a notebook where she'd been practicing kurt's handwriting no way yeah there's, there's, yeah, there's i, I saw thing. that on a, on something but yeah so she'd been practicing his handwriting but he wrote so many he just had notebooks and notebooks and notebooks well and yeah stuff. he's yeah and there's no way that you could you she was ever gonna not look not come to a point of maybe Understanding well, even looking at his writing and being like, I know that writing. Yeah. She tried to replicate. She it. would. I. They said that she was obviously almost tracing them. So she, she had. He had enough writing that he could. She could just trace words and make out a note. Like right, exactly. Yeah, and and that's why the ending is so different because she because because she'd had to do that herself because that's like she had to make it into a suicide note and i guess that she had to make it seem like a like he'd ended it with that because it ends abruptly where it ends and then it starts again the suicide it's, note yeah. kind of ends it like signs off like if you look at the if you look at it it looks like he finishes and then he suddenly goes please keep going courtney for francis <laughs> like what the fuck like <laughs> that just doesn't sound like something he'd say like I don't and and put in a person that's probably on a part on a on a path of destruction and they're looking at killing themselves. They're thinking of themselves like that. Also, you've had three shots of heroin. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> know, it's like yeah. these these junkies can't write anywhere, can they? Let alone yeah. when they're smacked up. So, and, like, 
and he was divorcing her. So like, and she'd already like employed. She knew the divorce was coming. Like mm. everyone knew it's happening. So this, the note doesn't line up with how things were. It doesn't. It really, really not doesn't. And then obviously when he when once she'd um, once like it happened, Courtney was pushing every every time she was interviewed. She'd be like, "Oh, he was so suicidal. Oh, he just wanted to kill himself. Oh, he was mm. so suicidal." Like she was really pushing that suicide angle. Like almost, like everything she does to me just seems fake and like crazy. Like yeah. like, like right, someone trying yeah. to cover up. And 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 as well, we've got his good friends and people that he went to school with that have sat there for years. Clearly, have said like Kurt used to say outlandish shit all the time just to get mm. a reaction. Like yeah. you even listen to him in in like interviews and stuff like that on MTV and other yeah. things. He would he would say like the most absurd shit. And you know full well that after he walked away with that with Chris Novoselic and and um, Dave Grohl, that they'd just be laughing about it. Yeah, like, and we all you... know people like that. We yeah. know people who say stuff like just to... <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you read any of the press interviews I've done, it's always like Absurd horribly shit. macabre, like gallows humour. Like, and that's what he, that's all the stuff he talks about is gallows humour. It's not, it's just his personality. He was a bit of a dickhead. Like, it's like people sit there and go and say like, oh, he was he was uh, indicating something. Look at the p- pictures of him with the AR-15 in his mouth or standing with a gun in his mouth. It was edgy. Yeah, like, it was just grunge, was, man. I don't, I don't, th- I truly disbelieve that he had intentions of actually killing himself. No, he, I mean, like, everyone, everyone leads it, to, goes, oh, well, someone asked him once in an interview, like, how are you feeling? And he said, I hate myself, I want to die. I was like, that's something that someone would say just to get and, a rise out of someone, just to I, get them. I believe there's, I believe it's the last interview or press interview that he had, and it was filmed in Seattle. And it was a really um, candid uh, sort of interview. I think he's been, he's been interviewed by a woman on like a key or there's a, there's um, a, like a, a Seattle. Uh, yeah, I know the one. Yeah. And you listen, you listen to him in that interview. And I think that's t- pipped as his last like footage of him in like an interview or like a week later or two weeks later, he was dead or something like that. He's, he sounds happy. Granted, he, he, he sounds like uh, monotone and stuff, but you just listen to the things he's talking about. And it doesn't sound like a guy that is interested in dying. Like it sounds like a guy that is interested in living and trying to convince people that the materialistic side of things isn't the answer. And that, Music is art, and I'm not a famous person. I'm just a person that got lucky, or something like that. It doesn't come across as a person that wants to kill himself, or it it does. If you look at him from an outside perspective, you would sit there and be like, "There is something troubling him, bothering him." Yeah. Lo and behold, he's married to an absolute prick. Like, yeah. of course, he's probably sitting there thinking, "Great, after this, I've got to go back to her," or like, yeah. at some point today, I've got to answer to her. Yeah. Like, and it, 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 no, I, I, she, I'm, like, anytime you listen to her speak or watch her, or she's an insufferable cunt. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> all I can really use. The only way I can, I was like, I would despise, I like, obviously, like, I don't like it because I think she killed her husband, and her husband's like, technically, like, well, he's probably a hero. Mm. But, like, but actually, when you listen to you, like, oh, you just so annoying, especially in mm. montage of heck. Like, bear in mind, she, she paid for that to be well. She she was involved in the creation of that thing. Well, she that, had to have some um agreements for some of it to be released. So yeah, you got you got to go. You've got to go. 
she's got to go, well, I can't come off Rosie in this. Otherwise right. people aren't going to believe it. So she's yeah. got, she's obviously, she's lent herself to be a bit of a dick in it. But mm. like they, the whole thing is like, makes Kurt to be the suicidal kid from a childhood. Like, it just reeks not. of like... And the film opens up with all that bullshit that people have said it didn't happen. Like it yeah. opens up with that weird, like troubled kid, like, oh, I tried to get run over by a train, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it like a film, why would a film open up like that to then yeah. just go into his childhood about how great his childhood was and how, you know, and like, like kids, a, yeah. yeah, like kids of our generation were all just like, oh, I'm so depressed, oh, I'm so depressed. Like trying to emulate it when in yeah. fact you like, you just wanted to tell him like, have you read anything about that guy? Because I mean, yeah. I, I remember when I worked at Virgin and I got that big red book, that big red Nirvana. I've got it yeah. in the thing somewhere. And it was just like, you read half of it and it's just stupid fucking drawings and fucking yeah. it's not like and then everyone focuses on that one bit where it's just mm. like you know all the, you're like you see all these quotes and most people mm. now say that the quotes have nothing to do with they all any take type out of context, suicide yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of it was to do with his like stomach pain wasn't yeah. it like so, you know like oh when you have a hangover and you're like i would rather be dead yeah <laughs> I like, wish I was, how many times have you you had a hangover and you've said i wish i was dead like yeah, exactly. oh god yeah. like, but I didn't how... put it quite poetically like I'd rather yeah. burn out than fade away yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what say... I do every time after a hangover I just look yeah. at them. I, I type it on my vlog I think that's and and you go on about how how obviously kids like them emulated like that depression thing um and that's main one of the reasons Tom Grant who was the investigator that Courtney employed to follow yes. him has now become one of the main people out there trying to get justice for Kurt is because of the 68 copycat kill it, uh, suicides there have been there's oh, been 68 really? at least 68 yeah so he wants obviously he wants to get justice for those people who are copying the suicide of their hero for the f- yeah for the fact it was there was no it might not have been a suicide happen. it could have yeah. been like a murder and he wants that uh, that is the main reason he's still fighting this now that's so, fucking crazy I never um, knew that he uh, you know, Unsolved Mysteries did a whole episode on this. Yeah, I think yeah. there's two two ones as a follow up one as well. Because really? when I searched it in Amazon Prime, the old Unsolved Mysteries came up, and yeah. then the new one, obviously not the latest one, but yeah. like the one that in the early 2000s yeah. came up as well. So, so I never, um, I couldn't find the episode, but yeah, so like I couldn't find it. Either. I did start looking for it, but they did. Uh, they had a handwriting expert and analyze the letter, the suicide note, and uh, he, they think that. Obviously, like I said, that the the bit at the end is written by someone else, and also the suicide note. If you take off that bit at the end, it it doesn't it doesn't read like a suicide note. They put it into. No. The, do you know there's a <laughs> some nerds have created a suicide note uh, authenticity algorithm. They have. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's called it's called like I can't remember what it's called, but it's called like Shard or something like that. Oh, Sham. It's called Sham or something. How funny. <laughs> yeah, and they put it in there, and it kind of goes like, actually, if you they put it in there with the whole thing with those four lines, and they put it in without those four lines, and without those four lines, it's like eight uh, percent accurate, accurate, eight percent a suicide note, and if you put it in with those four lines at the end, it's only like thirty eight percent could be a suicide note. So how the fuck really... do they do that shit? They just, I like, mean, just... without going back. I... The issue is with this whole Courtney Love thing, like you say, she's an absolute cunt, but like a week before this all happened, she's apparently quoted saying to her attorney, get the meanest, most yeah. vicious divorce lawyer. Like yeah. 
that just shows how much of a country is like yeah, the yeah. meanest, most vicious. Yeah, like, they had a prenup though, so she obviously <laughs> she's the the. A week before, she's got the divorce. This is why I say it. She's a week before, she's had this divorce lawyer go through the prenup, going, No, you're getting nothing. And also, he's written this will that he's yet to sign, but so you're getting nothing. Yeah, yeah. And now, because he hasn't signed it, it's. And so then that's when I feel like I don't feel like this plan was a long time in the making. I feel like this was like, Oh shit. Okay, well, I'm going to get nothing. Spontaneous weekend. I feel like it was like Callie. It was she's got Callie, kill him, kill him. Yes, yeah, see, this kill is him or I, or you get nothing. You get no heroin. You get no money. You're out on your ass. Kill him. That's what I That's feel a, happened. See, this is this is what I was eventually going to lead to because I was getting suspect of Callie and more so from the letter that you said was left in the house to <laughs> yeah. me. Like, so we've spoken about uh, so so with regards to the timeline. The body has been discovered by the electrician. MTV knows, local radio station knows. Body's being picked up. Kurt's dead. Yeah. Now, I guess we do move on to the loose ends. For instance, like Cali, we've also got, is it El Duce? That yeah, that, the, uh, yeah that, I mean, that, that El Duce thing. This Duce is what I want to get to now. Yeah, well, so El Duce in the Kurt and Courtney Nick Broomfield thing was being interviewed by Nick Broomfield and uh, you have to listen to the clip because it's fucking brilliant. Like, right, so before gonna, we go forward, who is El Duce as well? El Duce what, is a singer from a band <laughs> in the Seattle scene and they did a song called Donkey Dick, uh, which you guys, should get, <laughs> you guys should try and find it. It's Donkey Dick. I can't remember what the name of the band is. I, I would search it, but I'll, I'll lose my train of thought. He is someone that... I'll search it. ...claims <laughs> that Courtney approached him to kill Kurt for 10 grand. And, he, and for someone um, like him, 10 grand is like, yeah, For right. a junkie uh, who's not really, you know, getting anywhere in life, he just lives in a trailer park, I think. Uh, mm. not, that's not maligning people who live in trailer parks, but he he wasn't, he didn't have a lot of money. Um, he was, hate to generalise, but he was that generalisation. He was a redneck. Uh, yeah. And he basically, he I think he, and he said this, this is this is where, and he he's dead now, obviously. <laughs> he he yeah, said yeah, in we'll the next room, well. he goes, he goes, and Courtney uh, offered me 10 grand to go and kill Kurt. And I said to Alan, and then he stops himself, uh, my friend, and then, that's uh, it. and then, like obviously, within I think a week of that interview happening, El Duce was killed. Found he, on the train track, wasn't he? He was. He had accidentally dropped the name Alan, and it turns out that was Alan Wrench, uh, uh, someone else that caught uh, that the, they actually think was the guy who killed Kurt. Who yeah, that was also Alan allegedly Wrench. approached by um, Courtney Love, or at least he was involved in the whole situation. Yeah. Now, that again, like if you're a police investigator and you come across something like that and you immediately have this random redneck dude that, let's be honest, can't be trusted. Like, if, would you trust that guy with a fiver like no. out of your pocket and be like, I'm going to give this to you for an hour, give it to me back in an hour. Like something as simple as that you couldn't trust him with. He then says Courtney tells him that he was hired to kill Kurt Cobain. Name drops another dude that's involved in the circle. Yeah, Alan Wrench. Alan Wrench. And he's also on record to sit in there say, well, he, in that clip, I don't, is it in the same documentary? I don't think they they actually talked to Alan Wrench in the end. Um, They, but El Duce, uh, oh, Alan Wrench is the, yeah, so Alan Wrench, 
I'm pretty sure they speak to Alan Rich because speak he, to Alan Rich, he yeah. gloats about the fact that he was like, there is in no way, shape or form anyone will pin me on the death of Kurt Cobain. Like it's an impossibility. And yeah. he's really gloating about it. Like, and to me, that sounds like someone that probably has an immense amounts of alibis or has dirt on other people that knows he's forever going to get away with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and obviously, Alan Wrench then killed El Duce, who dropped his name into the... That's um, it, yeah, yeah. El Duce mentions this one dude, uh, name, who he's linked with, and then is then found dead with, with this guy. Yeah, um, there's the a YouTube clip. There's there's a YouTube clip of Alan Wrench admitting to killing Kurt and El Duce. Yeah. Um, uh, how, far, but, how far have you guys gone here? So we're now, to, we're now Co- talking about El Duce and Alan Wrench and the people that could have done it for Courtney. Yeah. Right. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, have you touched on the detective yet? Well, Tom, Re- Tom, Terry, Tom Terry, Terry, yeah, detective, <laughs> detec- detective Terry, who was in, Terry he was in charge of the, he was in charge of the uh, investigation. Not no, in we charge of it, we but... we've not got to that guy yet. All right. Okay. Right, but okay. he didn't. He he was he he had something to do with Courtney, didn't he? What did he do well, with Courtney? Yeah, he was the officer uh, Antonio Terry. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah you Who can do that bit. You know more about that bit than I do. Yeah, well, that that was the only like one of the things that I picked up on. I don't know how legit it is, but uh, this was shortly after the the suicide as well. Yeah, uh, well, okay. the suicide. He was. Uh, it says. Detective Terry, Antonio Terry, was the officer Love admitted on tape she dealt with to try and get people she didn't like, such as Caitlin Moore, busted. Yeah. Um, he was she found was a dead. piece of shit, man. He was found... So he was uh, a crooked, He was found murdered. Thing. Yeah. Um, and it's the... It says, Detective Antonio Terry murdered the first SPD officer killed in the line of duty in nine years. Do you know what I mean? There is just way too many this, people being off for this. She, she, she is the Hillary Clinton. She's the Hillary Clinton of, of rock, the rock and roll rock, world. Rock, yeah. But <laughs> do you know what? There's another conspiracy. And this is, I'm just going to drop this one in just now because before we go back to it, there's a conspiracy that Kirk Bain was killed for, for endorsing Bill Clinton. The Bush, the George Bush... George I'm, I'm Bush out. Senior had Kurt Cobain killed for I'm endorsing Billy Bill Clinton. I've, I've also heard that he was Wait, killed by killed killed by. I was heard that he was murdered by uh, like Christian factions as well for promoting uh, for <laughs> promoting suicide in his songs. I'd heard for loads everyone. of stuff about like how like pastors and stuff were trying to murder him. For everyone listening, I just stuck a fake shotgun in my mouth because I can't take this anymore. <laughs> so, fucking uh, and there's on a there's a there's a Reddit thread about did Alan Wrench kill Kurt Cobain, and in there, loads of people have said that they've seen Kurt, uh, Courtney live, and she makes jokes on stage about killing having Kurt killed and shit. Yeah, but what a great way to hide it in plain sight. <laughs> yeah, by pretending, really? like, yeah, you know. Um, one thing that I, if anybody wants to dive into it before we go a little bit further on other people and whatnot, um, there's uh, a clip on the documentary that Ben was talking about where they talk to El Duce and he drops Alan Wrench's name yeah. by mistake. I don't know whether it's relevant to the suicide conspiracy, but um, some sleuths uh, managed to extract 
and restore a piece of audio from this footage. Oh yeah, this end, is what this is what was in the Discord, wasn't it? They were saying that's about it. This. Yeah, yeah, like there was this this particular clip where El Duce is talking to the cameraman about saying I was given money or I was offered uh, extent extensional amounts of money to kill Kurt fifty Cobain. grand. 50 grand at the yeah. end of the clip when he stood there and just the camera's just like focused on him and he's clearly looking at people behind the camera like are we done filming you hear a female voice scream help us we're down here is it help us we're down here something like that i'd never something i didn't like, i didn't get into that i didn't go deeper than that because that no and it's just a, what sparked this episode incredibly eerie sound clip that people have like dragged out of it like and it sounds it it, to me, it just sounds like he's holding like a girl hostage or like people hostage yeah. in like a basement or something like that. And to be honest, he looks like the sort of dude. He's a, I mean, like... all of the people that are linked oh, to yeah. this death are pieces of shit. Everyone yeah, involved in this is a piece body, of shit. Even the nanny, the yeah. most one person. Even, I mean, even Kirk Bain doesn't come across as a good guy in any of this. Anything you look at him, he doesn't come across like a nice guy. Like he's definitely like he wasn't. A nice person, like everyone involved, yeah. is like a bit of a sh- piece of shit in this. But El Duce, yeah. Alan Wrench, Courtney Love—they all look like people that would, if they, if, especially Courtney Love, if she hadn't got famous. Well, even then, actually, she wouldn't because she was a—you know, she was a rich kid. She was. She, a was. Tr- she was a trust fund kid. Yeah. Yeah. Same as yeah. same as Nancy Sprungen. This is why they're yeah. saying that the, the link between Sid and Nancy and Kurt and Courtney are pretty much yeah. like the, exactly the same. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. she was just a, a rich kid who wanted to be cool. Only Kurt you know, with, with the could actually play his instrument and was talented, and Sid Vicious wasn't. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> well. shit and piss on people on stage and whatnot, but yeah, it is the worst. But, uh, um, when it yeah, it's 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 interesting though that El Duce is killed after name dropping, and then also the uh, uh, sorry, who was the other guy that was found murdered? Tom, um, uh, oh, go on, Ben. The, the, the copper. I've got another. The yeah, copper. he's called yeah. Anthony and he a, Terry, and he was uh, Antonio Anto- Terry. Antonio, that's okay. it. And yet he was the first person killed in the line of duty in nine years. You've got bodies dropping like flies around this murder. This sorry, this suicide. Like to me, this sounds like a, a too much of a mess. Granted, the, the 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 people that are involved in the inner circle of Kurt and um, Courtney, as you mentioned, Ben, are all pieces of shit. Yeah. So it's going to be a mess. But this just sounds like a mess on top of a mess on top of a mess. It's it's almost too fantastic. It, and like you as well. Again, again, back to what you said, Ben. It sounds like it was crafted across like a quick weekend. It sounds like a complete and absolute fuck up on epic proportions, or at least there was no thought yeah. into completing this. Oh, we'll just make it look like he killed himself. Yeah. But then it's like, you said that to that person, fuck, you go and kill him. You did that as well. Yeah. You better get him killed as well. Like, it just. It feels like it's a cover. Suspect. It's just like, it's like idiots kind of like, just like, kind of just fucking it up. Like, it feels like it, if he hadn't, if it hadn't gone through, if he hadn't been killed, like, it would have like if it would have been like an accident if it never had happened and all this came out to light it would have been like so crazy it would have been shenanigans all over like no what obviously but she's gone to like the worst people she can think of she's gone will you do it no but i know someone who will do it okay i'll do it she gives him the money he does it and because the house is a shit hole anyway so it wouldn't have mattered and then obviously the, but then the cat the heroin thing like who he would he not only did he have the wherewithal to shoot up all that heroin, 
pack up neatly, shoot himself in the face, write a note, shoot himself in the face. Like, it just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. And, it, and it's also like you were saying that everybody, um, the people that they're asking and talking to, they're all like pieces of shit. Like, could you, you couldn't, I couldn't imagine Courtney going to a, like a really a professional hitman no. and her going up to him being going, can you just go and kill the biggest music icon on the planet yeah. right now for me? Also, that professional hitman would be like, that's going to cost you a few million to be perfect. Also, honest. all professional hitmen are just police officers in disguise and you get caught. <laughs> everyone, get, everyone always like, Tim, was it Tim Lambesis from... Uh, uh, as I lay dying, as I lay dying, he got That's caught it. out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He got caught out. Like, like everyone gets caught out. Like Tiger it, King, um, he got caught out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, to me, to me, it sound it it sounds like the only way Courtney was ever going to get this done is going to a bunch of pieces of shit that she would be able to have power and influence over because she is the king of pieces of shit mm. of all, or the queen, sorry, of all pieces of shit around them. Because if she so, was to go to anywhere professional, sorry. it weren't going to go further. Go ahead, JJ. Sorry, mate. So what? What are your what are your guys' theories on why? Because, like you said, you've pointed out she wasn't getting any money from Kurt Cobain. But in her mind, what do you think she's clever enough to to like think that she can still yeah. make? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, she's so yeah, like, go she's got she's got a history of being manipulative, of getting what she wants, getting what she wants however she can like she's not ever done anything worthwhile in her life she's been she is she's snuck she's like sucked dick and, and manipulated and got to where she wanted to be like it, everyone said that she she wanted to she knew kurt was going to be big and she then made it her goal to get with him and mm. and to and to and make make her his husband like she she was like they got married quickly. They weren't together very long. I think they were together for three years in total. That's so, yeah. It was. Yeah. It, they, I think it was nine. Whirlwind. So, yeah, yeah. And then, um, uh, and he wanted to divorce her straight away, almost like she. Like, well, I, I found this earlier on, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, Kurt Cobain woke up from a coma from twenty hours after doing some smack, and the first thing he said to Courtney Love was. Fuck off. <laughs> written on a piece <laughs> written on a piece of paper and then he ordered a milkshake. <laughs> and then he Fuck ordered off. a milkshake. To me, to me, that sounds uh, like a pretty happy chap. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or at least someone that knows like, I need to get out of this. I'm gonna go and get I'm gonna go and congratulate myself with a chocolate milkshake from McDonald's. It just says after <laughs> 20, 20 hours, Cobain regains consciousness. Cobain's first line of communication with love is simply fuck off, written on a piece of paper. <laughs> But and this is this is one hurt. of her claims that he tried to kill himself before, and then they yeah. found out that the suicide note just said "fuck off" when he, in fact he later said it was aimed at Courtney Love. Yeah, he did. Oh. Yeah, because there was there was a suicide suicide attempt in Rome um, mm. where he basically had taken loads of Rohypnol and um, she called the thing, but I and he didn't die, but and she'd taken some too, and like it all seems like even that seemed convoluted because they hated it. he hated her by that point. He and said he was going to take all of his and hers money and just run away. Yeah, <laughs> and that was that was what he insisted that the suicide, you know, that that fuck off suicide note was implying. Yeah, mm. um, she, he, that must have been he, the rehypnol thing. Yeah, yeah. So the rehypnol thing was like that, and she said that he tried to commit suicide. Then and it just all none of it adds up. Like it all adds all it all it does is just 
leads you to that point again, he was going to leave you and you'd have nothing. Yeah. So you, you not wanting to have nothing killed him. That's the yeah. only, it's the only, like, and, like there's no other, there's no other suspect for the reason it happened. Obviously no. there's suspects this, in how it happened, but. She blames, she blames that Rome incident, doesn't she, on, on the suicide. Cause she said he'd never really regained consciousness after coming out of the 20 hour Rehypnol binge. Uh, well, it wasn't a 20 hour Rehypnol binge. He just fell asleep for 20 hours. Yeah. Um, and she says that he, that's, he was still pretty freaked out about the Rome thing. And then it was shortly afterwards that that hap- like, happened. Yeah, it was, it, it was only a couple of weeks before. Yeah, it was March. And then he died in April. So about a month yeah. prior to but this. But even, like, even when you listen to her kind of explain that, it doesn't add up. Nothing really adds no. up. To me, it, it, it's she's she's an immense sociopath and a narcissist. And she, as I mentioned earlier, she knew full well that she was going to be absolutely on her ass if they were going to get a successful divorce. Kurt would be the darling in every single person's eyes and yeah. she would be the trash. And she doesn't want to be that because that's not what a sociopath and a narcissist does. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest... You have to have some form of trait like that to be in a position like that when it comes to being a famous sort of person. Like, I think you have to have some sort of psychological backbone that you were almost not in control of, that it's like a disorder to kind of keep you sane in that kind of positions. Whereas she is just one of the prime examples of of being a narcissist and a sociopath. Like I said, they they were destined to get a divorce. Kurt was slowly getting... I guess gaining power in the relationship to a yeah. degree because to to me it always looked like she was the front front runner. A good example, the way Victoria Beckham made David Beckham what he is today. Yeah. Granted, not in, not in the same respect because they're two they're two different types of celebrities. She's very up her own ass, but immensely successful in what she has been doing for years. Yeah. And she created David into the fashion icon and to yeah. the sex object. That hey, he he would not be worth what he's worth now no, if she no. hadn't been involved. Exactly. Like, she never if did anything detrimental a... to his career, whereas Corden exactly. was kind of the opposite, where she would just she wanted the fame for herself. He right. was the, he yeah. was the conduit That's in it. which she would get that. That's whereas it. And Vicky she, was like, she we was, can make a lot of money out of how handsome you are. <laughs> exactly. She was she was able to craft David into what he is today. And he yeah. would, as you said, he wouldn't be what he is today. And look at it in the perspective of um Kurt and Courtney, but obviously two absolute like mishaps colliding mm. together with her, where she is, she's got those tendencies. She wants to be this. She wants to be that. She wants to be the ruler. Mm. She's always the one that is at the front runner. Yeah, you look at any like video of them at like red carpet events and stuff. She's always dragging him. Like he's like I, yes, reluctant, exactly. like almost following behind. She's exactly. like the, I, the boss. So but do I, you think, yes. do you think this is why Courtney Love is so adamant at suing everybody? Because she doesn't I like her so. name being, because you would think it would just get to a point where you're just like, oh, here's another, like the fact that she's suing like everybody. Yeah, you would think, like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, like I don't know where we stand on that. Yeah. I mean. oh, yeah. <laughs> All this is alleged, obviously. Like, no, no, we don't believe any of this. It's just entertainment. We don't believe any of what we're saying, Courtney. We know you didn't do it, Courtney. We know you had nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like she's obviously loves herself that much that she doesn't like her name being dragged through the mud. Like, I guess 
But That's like, it. when when does that end? This is like twenty years ago, you know, like you know, and, what and seventeen it, years ago. And I think it, it, I think it leads into what we started talking about at the beginning to how relevant Kurt will forever be when it comes to a generation of alternative. Alternative yeah. kids that are I mean, that's people, people, people don't like Elvis, fucking Courtney Love now, do they? So it's not like, right. <laughs> yeah, he's it, our Elvis Presley, right? He is, he, yeah, it's that's the per that's perfect. He, he is and forever will be that. You could even go a little bit further and say, like, the Jesus of certain demographics, you know, when it comes to the alternative and rock scene, he is yeah. that icon. Yeah. You've got your Elvis, you've got your Beatles, you've got your Kurt Cobain. Yeah. You know, it's forever going to be there. And that's why that, that's why my belief is it was a complete mess up weekend or a mess up of planning. A bunch of absolute morons trying to put together the perfect crime that just they managed to almost they've kind of got away they've with. got away with it they have got away, got with, away it. with it i mean is dead like alan wrench is still alive i think uh courtney's yeah. got courtney got away but she got almost all of nirvana nor nirvana's estate like she yeah, got yeah. like because obviously by this time she'd convinced kurt to to take the the right the publishing rights away from dave and chris um against his will like he never wanted to do that that no, was all no her. way no way and, and 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 that's then leading to me believing that she because of this she would then come out of the divorce settlement as like the fawn in the side and Kurt, like I said being the darling and she would be irrelevant that would never ever leave her side if Kurt was always going to be staying alive and that divorce was successful she would have never amounted to anything because you know full well that he would have just been like that was an absolute like mess that like that was an absolute roller coaster of a relationship nobody go near her like look what she tried doing and then he would have spilt the beans on everything like he was saying about the record deals and you deserve to have this much money and da 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 pulling him away from Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic in taking their publishing rights whereas clearly he isn't that person he's always been that person of splitting everything down three ways he was a loving person he was he was smart Granted, yeah. we can. He was, a, he was a punk agree. as well. Like they're, they're right. a punk band. They're a punk scene. It was DIY. It was like, oh well, we 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 split everything three ways because that's right. what we do. Why? Why out of? I, I, I refuse to believe that Kurt could be molded into a completely different person with by her efforts. Mm. Like she was clearly trying to create him as being Nirvana. And Dave and Chris just being like, oh, that's the bassist and the drummer, you know, those guys that barely get any attention in the bands. Like, he's Nirvana. Like, and he did, clearly didn't want that. And that's to me why I will 110% believe that she had him had him whacked. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a suicide. It was a murder that was poorly put together. But for fuck me, somehow, it's she's gotten away with it. Because there's so many loose ends just... That person's dead. This police officer's dead for the first well, person. They, they're not loose years. ends anymore because she's had a fucking bumped. Well, well, no, I, I meant, I meant as in like um, evidence and stuff like that, or at least sitting there, someone being able to go, that's suspect. That's also very suspect. That handwriting doesn't match up. That's a very large shotgun for his size. Like <laughs> all of these, all of these mis or like just inconsistencies, all these um, itch itches that just forever itch and there doesn't seem to be an answer to them um 
it it boils my blood. It really does. Well, because, yeah. one of the one of the things were, that we're saying as well, like this whole and this is what the media use, though they use the whole like depressed depression thing with Kurt Cobain. Like they were saying that um, they were coming to a bit of after the albums and stuff. They were coming to a bit of a moment where they were a bit like writer's block. Yeah. But then they mm. said they got Pat Smear, who's obviously still in. I think he's still Foo is Fighters. in Foo Fighters. Yeah, now. See, yeah. he was. He followed. Yeah, he was basically the second. And Chris Schiffler from yeah. uh, No Use for a Name joined them as well. Yeah. Um, so Pat Smear was. It was no, yeah, yeah, it was sorry. No Use for a Name. Yeah. So Pat Smear joined Nirvana around in Utero. So I think he's was, on yes, pretty yes, much yeah. all in Utero. And there's an interview with Dave Grohl saying that Pat changed Kurt Cobain. There's a quote here that's saying that when they joined the the band was revitalized and it says yeah. uh we're no, we're no longer uh miserable sulkers yeah. or something like that yeah. i can't find well, it yeah like, i remember hearing it somewhere but pat, pat was the guitarist from the germs and yes. the yeah. germs the germs were one of kurt's favorite bands so having pat join the band was like a big deal to him well yeah like it? having yeah. someone well, who he respected more yeah. than yeah. It no, probably himself, ignited probably. a new flame into exactly him. and, and that's what that... i think that's why the change in utero was kind of like so much obviously they didn't want to be oh, they didn't want to do another they didn't want to do another billboard for it they didn't want to do another you know they always hated Nevermind because they said its production was too polished yes it says right. it says here when pat joined the band it changed everything we went from being fucking sulking dirtbags to kids again it changed our world and that's like how long was in utero before right uh, and, a year max and yeah. that and that mtv performance of in utero um, yeah, they're unplugged. The, oh, no, not, not the unplugged one. Oh, right. There was the, the live one. Where oh, yeah. Pat Smears oh, with the mannequin behind yeah. and everything. That's it. Yeah. And you've got you've got the angels with their stomachs open on, on the sides yeah. of the stages. Yeah. There's that famous quote of where one of the audience members screams out, fuck MTV. And Kurt goes, why are you here? Like, to me, that's out... That attitude from Kurt, because he was usually he was very anti-establishment, anti-corporate, and oh MTV making everything popular and that. For him to sit there and be like, "Why are you here at an MTV performance of ourselves? We're doing we're doing pretty good shit right now." To me, that yeah. sounds like a guy that is in a pretty happy position to yeah. be be on a stage that's being presented by MTV, to be writing music with a person that he's been a fan of for so many years yeah, and feeling like a kid again. Being like, and essentially standing up for the fucking springboard that got him to where he is, because MTV at the time was like, it basically, no artist that we know probably would have been, you know, like we all refer anyway. to, like, like Ben just said, punk bands. Like, yeah. to us, we like, the you know, like it's the bands that like Dead Kennedys and stuff that didn't do as well I know they were a little bit earlier, but didn't do as well because they stuck their heels in so so much. And, with yes, like, we're they, not, we don't even want to be on MTV, and it's like that's it. Yeah, but then look at Offspring and look at you know look at this and uh, look at that. Yeah, like, exactly. And they can you can still be regarded in some form, but it's it's it 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 makes it. It doesn't sound like a guy that wants to fucking kill himself. Yeah, like it just doesn't. There's it, it, there's one one thing we didn't brush on, which is. Uh, something that they say on another podcast about the there's a renowned thing like you know when you get the beer fear, the beer like, fear, yeah, beer, beer fear is obviously like when you've been drinking a lot and you get anxiety the day after. Right. Oh, okay. Sorry. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's apparently a notorious thing with heroin where you get a fear and it's like an erratic shock where your body isn't. It, it's your organs telling your brain that your brain can't function without heroin. So there's something called the fear. And they're saying right. that, there's, that a lot of heroin addicts get that issue. 
and that is saying huh. that, that that could be a trigger response. Obviously, I know this is we we've talked about the whole Courtney love thing and everything, but now you like the chemical side of heroin, you know, for instance, like it's it's a drug that makes you erratic, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, um, the, yeah. you know that. The fact that yeah, all right, you did take an X, uh, X over amount the amount that a normal human should take, but there is also that idea that it could have been a fear thing, like a you know yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, like you you, you you one day want to go and rehabilitate yourself, and then you don't, and you take loads of heroin, mm. you feel ashamed that you've done that, which would then you know make that that kind of like you know it's like basically people who uh relapse and then and then you know it i think what's it called says it in the in the dirt film or well in the dirt film he goes this is the last time i'm gonna do heroin he comes out of rehab oh no he comes out of hospital after dying yeah and then goes home and he's like and that was the last time i did heroin for the first time, yeah, and he just basically just keeps, <laughs> yeah. keeps doing it for another two years or whatever. Yeah, so it's like Nikki Six definitely like is one of the guy lucky ones that got away, got from it, got away from that. Yeah, thing. we were. Yeah, um, no, I was just Kurt had bipolar apparently as well. That was and like so. There's there's so, lots of like mental health things. It could he could led into actually killing himself. I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, I think it's I think it's good that we're actually before like obviously toward the end of this now where where we can actually look at it from a decent perspective. Ben, you just nipped up a moment ago. For all the listeners, Ben wasn't here technically for just that little bit when me and JJ were talking. I was um, I was commenting on how in that in utero performance of MTV, it didn't look like Kurt was in a position of sadness. And for the fact that Patch Smear was also now in the band and that they felt like that they were kids again. And then JJ was just touching on the fact of... Um, it could have been a relapse of heroin um, that led him down a path of him feeling ashamed that he had done something. And that kind of makes kind of makes sense in the perspective that I've just had of Kurt, of him being, wow, look at this place we're in at the moment. Nirvana yeah, feels yeah. like they're, they're rebirthed again. We've got Pat in the band. Yeah. We're doing this. Then goes and relapses. Because, yeah, that's, because- uh, the, that's the thing with like, when you obviously when you're in bands and stuff, you're not only you're not only letting yourself down, you're letting you're letting us Everybody down as down. well. And that's the thing. Like if if right at the end of the of the suicide, the apparent suicide note, he says, You're better off without me, basically. Well, I, I think he does say that. Yeah, he says yeah, yeah. this world is better off without me, or you can get and he's everyone just because of all the shit that Kurt uh Courtney's got in there, everyone just presumes that that's who she's talking about. But like I'm just I'm just thinking of an alternative view, sure. you know. It, it could be like you know, Yob in his mind, he might think that the band might do better without him being because that's what you, you know. That's the the sad well, we, thing of depression. Do, you think yeah. that you you aren't other people can do better without you in their life, which is right. You know, was, essentially, again with the heroin, he's probably like, well, you know, I can't stop heroin. I mean, there's there's many documents of him saying that he doesn't plan on giving up heroin because he believes that that is now his his light, his persona. And there's yeah. so many parts in. I mean, in his book, and he talks about not him, but he writes about heroin being like his his muse. I think he says. I think yeah. that's one of I the. Think, I think it's good things. that we touch on this though, just in case um, Courtney Love does try to sue us. We need to actually <laughs> you cover. Yeah, no, you know, we we try and put all the 
you know, we normally possibilities. all the possibilities. Angles. And we try not to go straight up like we believe this, it's fact, it's fact, it's fact. But you know, there's so much that lends itself to, you know, okay, yeah, maybe he did kill himself. Maybe he was like, because this is what my dad said, because my dad's a big Nirvana fan, and we'd always talk about this, is that he thinks that Kurt killed himself because he didn't want he couldn't get off heroin. So that's why he killed himself, because he yeah. didn't want to lose the kid. He did, mm. he was like, We don't want to lose the kid. Courtney can keep the kid. She doesn't, she's not really addicted to heroin even though she took heroin while they were, she was pregnant. Right. Um, so if I get, if I'm gone, then all the problems are solved. Yeah. You know? And th- yeah, that, that sounds like a logical thought of a person that has manic depression, bipolar. Yeah. And yeah, I'm the reason and- that we're going to lose the kid. So if I'm not here, then they can keep the kid, which is fair enough. I mean, that is definitely, that does make sense. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's a sad thought to be perfectly honest. Um, because, I'd like to imagine a world where Kurt would still be here. Mm. I think all of us obviously would, yeah. clearly. Because... I think he would have continued to make great music. I don't think he probably would have not have been in Nirvana for very long. I don't. No. I think we might be looking at Nirvana. I don't we might know. be watching Nirvana reforming, but I don't think oh, we would yeah. have seen Nirvana carry on awesome. for 20 albums. I think it would have been like a almost like, oh, you know, Nirvana get back together and they're going to play Nebworth. Like, that's what I would see it as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at at other heroin addicts that, like, Pete Doherty, like, regardless of what you think of him, he was fucking, they were massive. And then, Mm. as soon as Liberties broke up, because that would have been inevitable, I think. I don't think Kurt Cobain would have been in Nirvana for very long. No. No. um, You know, everyone just looks at Pete Doherty as a joke now. I mean, uh, we tattoo at the studio one of the t- one of his tour drivers, and he says that like he comes on tour with his two dogs now, and because he doesn't do as much smack or as much narcotics or whatever, he's people don't people aren't bothered, people aren't interested yeah. in him because he he went like that car crashed, and then people like seeing that that yeah. fucking yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. How think... how often how long can you keep that up for? Yeah, you know, there's it's definitely like, like comparisons there, but. Kurt was like a different. I think Nirvana, like Libertines, are good. Their music's like they've got good songs. But do you think that they're on the same level? Pete Docket is the same level of songwriter as Kurt Cobain was. I pers- I. I guess you, I think yeah. it's diff- the problem is it's a different generation. Yeah, like it is. If you is, if you go yeah. through if you go through like Nirvana songs, I mean, mo- I'm gonna just say it because I'm not the big Nirvana fan. Most mm. of it's just gibberish. It's not. It, I disagree. For me but, personally, no. it's not. For me personally, it's not. It isn't well structured. I think they're Beatles. I just songs. think for I that think time. I think they're brilliant. Um, yeah. But that's obviously his opinion thing. I don't think. I think there's some bad songs, but that. I mean, they're all pretty fucking good. I don't think. You, I, mean, you, I think you put it against stuff like you know Alice in Chains and uh, well, yeah. Pearl Jam, songs like, like that. It's like nothing. That. But if you look at it, those are the bands like. Those are the bands yeah. that were grunge, like yeah. Nirvana. Was, they were a punk band. They were like a pop punk band. Yeah, really. they were a yeah. punk band. Yeah, yeah. They, I feel and like MTV so just much categorized different. them like as grunge. You listen yeah. to Alice in Chains, and then you listen to Nirvana, and Alice in Chains is that grunge. That is man. dark. Like yeah, that, is that is dark. dark. Well written lyrics about yeah. things. Like I find that Kurt Cobain. No matter how you, again, I think very similar to the Beatles wrote a lot of gibberish, which yeah. means anybody can assign a meaning to it. Exactly. Anybody can go like... Who bloody who blood are? Yeah, and fucking <laughs> what's it? 
Blobbing bottle of custard dripping on a dead dog's eye. Like, what the yeah. fuck is that? <laughs> like, you've just done loads of acid. Like, it's fucking... <laughs> and that's the thing. Anyone can assign a meaning to yeah. it, which I feel is why Nirvana became yeah. very, very popular. It was, I think, because there was no was, meaning to it, was yeah. it? Well, then Kurt's... Because Kurt, a lot of people think Kurt was just a, a fuck-up who didn't really... Like, even when he played, like, he was he was a great guitarist. He's And he really cared about how his guitar sounded. Like, he had... You know, he smashed up all his equipment. Like he had um, a Mesa Boogie head and cab, or he had like a Marshall head and a Mesa Boogie cab that he loved. He played from from like from day one. He had it off stage, plugged in, and that was what he mic'd up. And everything else was just shells that they'd smash yeah. up in the thing. Really? It was an all in that. Loads, loads of bands do that. Yeah, it was because all an act. All that smashing stuff up and like that nihilism and stuff. That was all an act, yeah. really. He cared a lot about how he was portrayed and how his music sounded. So. Uh, you know, and uh, I was. There's a really famous one with uh, Dimebag Daryl as well. Dimebag, uh, he played his same rig from the beginning, and he got sponsored by a company. But because the company sponsored him that much money, he kept it all on stage, but still used another company's right. gear. Yeah, um, loads yeah. of bands do it. Kerry yeah. King does it. Like yeah. it's there's so many bands that because yeah. you're gonna, aren't you? Like just put our ramp on stage. You'll sell fucking. You'll sell us millions. We'll give you millions, yeah. and yeah. then. You know, yeah. maybe Kurt Cobain was like one of the first to do it. I don't know. But. Yeah. No, I think, uh, well, he his stuff was just, he just had that really protective over that equipment. He didn't want to smash that up, but he also wanted to smash stuff up. Yeah. So, um, but if, I mean, I think we, yeah, we're getting towards the end now. I think it'd be good to see what everyone thinks actually happened. I think we've already kind of let on that they might have um, what we think. But um, before I go on to that, I was, Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth said something pretty call about the way what happened to Kurt and why okay. she thinks that it might like that he didn't do it um it's the fact that Kurt died in a very harsh way it wasn't just an OD he actually killed himself violently it was so aggressive and he wasn't an aggressive person he was a smart person he had an interesting intellect so it kind of made sense yeah it's like wow what a fucking gesture but all the same time it's like something's wrong with that gesture it doesn't really lie with what we know so, and, and who who was that? Sorry, that's Kim that? Gordon from Sonic Youth. See, that's like, yeah, that's kind of like the opinion that I have of Kurt. He does come across as a gentle person, mm. and like we've been portraying, but still has this rock star persona yeah. that he has to exaggerate to be yeah. Kurt Cobain. Whereas I don't think anyone really knew the real Kurt Cobain no. other than Dave and Chris. I don't even think Courtney knew the real Kurt. She Cobain. didn't. She wasn't with him long enough, and he hated her almost no. instantly by the sound of things. What's his name from the Melvins? Dave uh, Grohl, Chris yeah. Novoselic. I feel like they're the people that really knew who Kurt yeah. really was. And I don't think, I don't, I think he would have been a completely different person if he was alive today. Like we look at him as, or we see Kurt as this anti-establishment, anti-MTV. Mm. But like I said, in that, his comment when that kid screams out, fuck MTV. And he says, then why are you here? Like, mm. I feel like if, if he was alive today, he would he would almost he would almost be against like you said, JJ, with like the idea of the descendants and stuff like that. They dug their heels into the floor, like you said, and weren't wanting to be this like poster child of MTV. Whereas I feel like he would kind of have defended it in a sense and saying, look how we just introduced a generation to this type of music that then leads these people to going off of off of the deep end and looking even deeper into 
where these people grew up from and who they were listening to and other bands and stuff like that. I feel like he would have been a, that person. He would have been an advocate for the underground and DIY punk and how it still should be appreciated, yeah. even if MTV are putting it on the screen. Yeah. I and mean, he would sad. have done something Sub- like that. Subliminally, he's done that, hasn't he, really? Because half of those bands from Seattle, no one would have a fucking clue they were. No. I know, only found out you... about Mud Honey through Nirvana. Yeah, yeah. and right. all even the fucking Silverchair and all yeah. that shit. Sure. Like, even the bands that kind of like, because he was a big fan of like, like the Stooges and stuff like that. I would never have heard of the Stooges and the bands that come before without Kurt Cobain, obviously being very vocal about bands that you should listen to. Like that was influences. Yeah. yeah. He would always say, listen to this band. Oh, it would take out bands that he loved on tour with them. Like it was, he was big for like helping the scene. And for stuff. Indie bands he wouldn't just them- go, he wouldn't just go, Oh, who's going to buy or who's going to pay us loads of money to take out. He would take out the bands that he wanted on his show, which is, you know, he's, that for me I think is he was like, very selfless. Yeah, I feel sure, like yeah. I feel like he did a lot for well, just I don't know, he just sounds like he just comes across as such a nice fucking person. It's and a it's, weird it's such a weird kind of like thing with us as well because I'm I don't know if I'm right in thinking have you guys heard of a band called Ride? I have heard of a band yeah. called Ride. So they're uh, I believe Always. they were Scottish and they were meant to be they they were meant to be going out on the tour that Nirvana were doing in Britain that summer um oh and not many people know of ride now but if you listen to their music they're fucking awesome so bands who were they're from oxford Oxford, yeah and yes well they were signed to a scottish record label i think right documentaries about um but they then they were deemed to be or pipped to be they were going to be like uh oasis like uh that's how oh, big really? they were going to be. And they had this tour set up to do with Nirvana. <laughs> and obviously, Kurt Cobain killed himself and it didn't happen. And then they never did anything. Yeah. They basically like released two albums and the albums are fucking incredible. Like, I mean, it's so not- you, you kind of look at like they're probably just thinking, fucking Courtney Love. Like, we'd, we'd have been Bitch. fucking famous now if it weren't for her or quite, quite or, strange. Or him. Strange yeah. little coincidence. I just went on Ride's Wikipedia page and the picture that they have was captured in Detroit, Michigan. At St. Andrew's Hall, ah. and I've been there. How strange, how random. Nice. And as, Syn- as well, synchronicities. Like, synchronicity. <laughs> well, there's someone, yes, because he obviously died at 27, didn't he? And there was a synchronicity or something with 27 that lined up with everything. I can't remember. Oh, what it was. God, yeah. here we go. <laughs> but he's part of the 27. Oh, yeah. And, you know, obviously part of the 27 club. That, that obviously, I think that keeps, that keeps the death. That makes the death all that more interesting. Like, interesting intriguing. because it's part of the Twenty Seven Club, the Amy Winehouses, the Jim Morrison. Yes. And it? we have need, a... we need to one day we should do an episode on Jim Morrison because apparently he was a, an MK Ultra thing. Yeah. His dad this was is... CIA and like wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if this is it coming to an end, but I just received a message from my uh, my friend Niall, who's uh, who's the guy who's always giving us advice on. Uh, he loves the podcast and he's always saying. The audio needs to be up. The you know he he, he does this yep. thing. Um, he's just sent me a he's just sent me um, uh, a link to the World Center of Excellence, and apparently he said, "There you go, mate. You guys should get qualified now. You can do a degree or a diploma in conspiracy theories." Oh, no way! So uh, yes, and it must be timing because my lights just gone off again. Yeah. Alistair Crowley is fucking in the house. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I think I think Kurt Cobain was murdered. Um, I think Courtney absolutely. Love rushed it through, almost like, "How the fuck am I gonna get? How am I gonna end up with nothing? We've got. Yep. He's gonna sign this will tomorrow. He's gonna like 
I need to, I need to, I need to do something. And then, cause uh, we not really talked about how she was after the death, but basically she drove this suicide thing home constantly. Really? Every interview she did, he was so suicidal. You know, the, the, the suicide attempt in Rome, that was never yep. classed as a suicide attempt until after he died. Oh, really? Before it was just a drug overdose. And then suddenly she was saying he tried to commit suicide in Rome. Like leading leading up to yeah. like it was being planned already. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, before that, before he was dead, no one ever thought that the Rome thing was a suicide attempt. No one. It was just a, an OD. And See, she again, then started saying it was a suicide attempt. More, more little things that just add to the fact that Courtney killed him or had him killed, even. Yeah, totally. It's there's too many, there's too allegedly. many little yeah, allegedly. Please sue us, Courtney. Please, allegedly, don't. Maybe, possibly. Yeah, bit of a. Boris it would do Johnson. so much for. It would do so much for our careers as conspiracy theorist podcast <laughs> if you tried to sue us, Courtney. So yeah, do it. Uh, it might not do anything for our bank account because uh... no. no, that's true. And I'm in America. I'm the fucking one here. I'm. Although one. thinking Never about mind. it, we might get more Patreons, and then yeah, we, we might yeah, get more money to pay guys, off. Please sign up for our Patreon because we're going to need that money to. I didn't catch that. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Please sign up for our Patreon, um, uh, patreon.com slash not another conspiracy podcast. Uh, oh, we need that money to pay for lawyers to fight the murderer, the alleged murderer of Kirk Bain in court. It's 20, and thanks it's, again to our sponsors. It, oh, before we go, it's gonna be it's gonna be 2030 and there's gonna be a news broadcast how free nobody podcasters have just solved Kurt Cobain's murder. Or we've all been murdered. Oh, we've all, been, all been murdered. In mysterious <laughs> in mysterious circumstances. But sorry, uh, yeah, OG OG socks, uh 20% off code NOC. N A C apologies, but thank you again, OG Socks. Yeah. Uh, uh, they've been wonderful on my feet while I've been recovering, might I add, because they're the warmest and most comfortable socks that I can actually wear for a couple of days and I've had to do that. Try right. try putting Grim. a sock on when you've got a leg brace on. <laughs> that's tough. Stoke that's old Steve Austin there. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. I could either, with this brace that I've got from, um, you've from got the hospital. A, next Halloween, man, skinhead. It's either Steve Austin or it's Mad Max because Mad yeah. Max has a bit of a leg brace, doesn't he? Does, so I've yeah. got some options. I've got some options. But yeah, that, I mean, I really enjoyed that podcast. I'm glad we got to do that one. Um, this has been one. This has been possibly my favourite because I feel like this is this has been very nostalgic. It's been, I think, it's been super honest yeah. as well from ourselves because it's been something that's been close to us yeah. growing up, and it's meant a lot to yeah. us. Yeah, and if you haven't heard Nirvana, Nirvana's music, or you haven't uh, watched any of the the weird like Alan Wrench stuff and the old Duce stuff, definitely check it out. I'll put that in the Discord, and we'll Absolutely, put as much yeah. as we can in the Discord. Uh, definitely listen to Nirvana if you haven't listened to Nirvana before because you, you know it, it might open your eyes. But I think everyone in the Discord has asked us to do this one. So yes, yeah, and I think again it's because it's 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 that one of those staple conspiracy theories like nine eleven that's always been nine eleven JFK Kurt Cobain. Do you know what I mean? I think they're possibly the top three conspiracy sort of things. For shizzle, yeah, man. yeah, and they're just easily accessible. Yeah, it's it's been really good. Great suggestion. Um, what I like about this one as well, it hasn't taken a lot of research or notes. It's very much been like an off the cuff one because it's clearly been that important to us that we've. Yeah, it's just something we've remembered through the years. 
and something we've obviously has, has always been close to our hearts. Yeah, passionate, very passionate about this one. It has been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been great. Yeah, uh, definitely, yeah, but do your own research on this one because it, I know we, we seem quite biased Disclaimer. coming into it because, <laughs> because we come into it from a place of, of years of like research and knowing about it that you kind of go, well, it's obvious that she did it, so... <laughs> but but do, but do do your own research in it, uh, and um, and hopefully you'll 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 get to the same conclusion as us. Or you don't, and you want to argue with us and tell us different. Join the Discord and have your voice be heard. Have your voice be heard. And I think even also, if it's flat Earth. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> ah. JJ, you've read the email. I've only skimmed it. We got an email right from <laughs> David Weiss. <laughs> David we- David Weiss, who's uh. Yeah, he's apparently a big, big in the flat earth world. This is the second email we've got from him, by the way. He emailed us when we first second. started. Second? Yeah, he emailed us when we first started saying something along the lines of how he was uh, enjoying. He wrote us it. He wrote us at the beginning. So, um, yeah, he now, I, I don't know if he wants to come on. I, I think he wants to come on this show. And I think he wants to convince us about something. <laughs> he, he wants has to come. Been- he has been on Chris Jericho's podcast. Yeah, and he, he so he wants to come on our podcast and convince us about flat Earth. Um, he has also been on CNN. Yeah, I, I mean, news. I saw him. It's fake news. Fake news. I, I saw fake him on something. Um, I saw him on that. His name's mentioned in that Rocket Man. I don't know if you've seen it on Prime about the guy who oh, built yeah, his own yeah. rocket to try it, and oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's he's mentioned in that. Um, so yeah, maybe that could be the next one if we can hook something up. But yeah. it'll probably be better for you, Dean, as well, because I think he's out your way. Oh, so done. yeah, we're gonna tell him where you live. Yeah, he'll pull up a stool, yeah. a flat stool. Yeah. Um, so, I, mean, yeah that... I mean, I'm not married to the globe, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but super. yeah, so we we might be able to do that if um, we can get yeah. it sorted. Cool. Well, yeah. thank you for listening, everyone. And once it, make sure you're on the Discord. Make sure you're following us on Instagram. I think JJ runs the Instagram because I don't even have it logged in anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Discord's the place to be. If you want to sign up to the Patreon, uh, that'd be amazing. Uh, every little helps to keep this podcast running, but we'll still do it. We do it for the love. We don't do it for the, for the monetary reward. We do it for the truth. We do it for the truth. <laughs> Fighters of truth, justice, and the American Just, tribes. Yeah. Captain Planet, eat your heart out. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, right, yeah, thank awesome. you, everybody. Thank you very much. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. He didn't. Aye, aye. Maybe Nicolai Mitchell. That's what happens. When it comes to it, in the, the, the thing. Oh, maybe they did. Oh. <laughs> it's a bit of a light brown jacket. Cool story. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.